Hi, 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 and hey, hey, Beatles fans. Welcome to another edition of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. This is a bi-weekly show that we do every Monday night. Not every Monday night, every Monday night. I just said bi-weekly. Every two, <laughs> every two weeks on Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time on our Facebook page. This is a show where we talk about the solo careers of the Beatles. Once in a while, we bring up the Beatles as a group, but for the most part, it's the solo careers of the Fab Four, the most successful solo careers of all time for many artists that came from previous group. I'm Ken Michaels, and I hope that you know me for uh, my syndicated Beatles show called Every Little Thing. I'm also part of another podcast show, a bi-weekly show as well, called Things We Said Today. And I'm being joined by my regulars here on this show, my esteemed panel. First of all, let me introduce to you the queen of all media, not just Beatle media, everything. Ooh, everything. <laughs> and Motown. We can add Motown now to Motown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, just cover it all, everything. And uh, she's the author of uh, Songs You Are Singing, Guided Tours to the Beatles' Lesser Known Works, and also Michael Jackson FAQ. All that's left to know about the King of Pop. And uh, to know her is to love her, as I've said before. Kid O'Toole. Hi, Kit. Hi, Ken, Tom, and Joe. That's, you always come up with great introductions. And uh, John, uh, I always forget I'm reversed. John and I <laughs> here are freezing in Chicago. but. Uh... <laughs> And I love the way your sweater matches the background. I know. I, you know, I didn't plan that, but, uh, but hey, you know, I, I, I live to be color coordinated. Right. Yeah. That's, that's it. So I'm the queen of that too. Yes. <laughs> queen Why of not? color coordination. That's right. Uh huh. <laughs> you have the best backdrops, Kit. Yep. I love you. Gotta, you got to help this. me. It's it's slightly better than what I have behind. Me. <laughs> <laughs> the best well, to worst. You, particularly that one tote bag you have behind. <laughs> you. Oh, you mean that one? Oh, yeah. that that's, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> also, we have Joe Mayo. You know him also as Mean Mr. Mayo, and he has uh, a gigantic YouTube page. So so popular. <laughs> yep. We should bow to him as well. Don't do that. And uh, <laughs> he covers the Beatles, pop culture, collector's items, you name it. Yeah. Last week when we did our show, it might as well have been called Where's Joe? Oh, right. Because really? we had a lot of people writing in what happened to Joe. <laughs> We're just so, chopped liver. Forget about Waldo. Forget about Waldo. It's Mayo now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we one. need a little Mayo. Yeah. yeah. So how you doing, Joe? Oh, doing good. Thank you very much, Ken. Hello, Kit. And hello to the other guy down there that's not announced yet. Hello, hello Tom. <laughs> Do it right, you know. So you, you say his name first or after he's introduced. <laughs> anyway, as Joe was just alluding to, we have uh, one of the co-hosts of the very popular Paul McCartney, solo Paul McCartney podcast, Two Legs with Andy Nichols. And he's just so busy. If he promotes all the stuff, it runs longer than our show. <laughs> and that's Tom Hunyadi. Hi, Tom. Hello, Ken. Good to see you, Joe, Kit. It's uh, one of my favorite nights of the week, and uh, it's a good topic. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're going to have some fun tonight. <laughs> um, with uh, I do that on Facebook all the time. <laughs> Everything's anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, our topic is going to be 
songs the Beatles covered in their solo careers. In other words, non-original material, songs that were hits for other artists, then the Beatles as solo artists covered them. Or they don't even really have to be hits. hit records, but they have to have been released before the Beatles as solo artists covered those songs. Okay? They can't be songs that were given to one of them. Which I'm just yeah. learning now, but still, uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm okay, though. <laughs> yep. So, in other words, songs that John or Paul wrote for Ringo, that wouldn't count. Okay, for example. Or uh, material from Buku's of Blues. Songs right. that were given to Ringo for mm -hmm. his album. Yeah. Okay. So, we're going to be uh, giving our list of our top three from each Beatle. And we're going to do that in just a few moments from now. I can't wait to uh, hear you guys in the list you came up with. I'm going to make sure that Joe goes first because I always end up having on my list the same song. You guys <laughs> and then he gets all angry at me. <laughs> uh, he left me nothing. Well, there's less, <laughs> left me less to talk about. Then. But I, sometimes that helps because I could learn something, some details of the instrumentation that you guys like. I'll, oh, you, I'll say that too. Oh, yeah, I like that organ. Okay. <laughs> All right. This yeah. is a learning experience for all of us. Absolutely. But first, as usual, we have the latest in Beatle news. Um, and I might have mentioned this in the last show, but on the PlasticOnOldBand.com website, they did mention that the uh, March 4th date would be the date they'd make an announcement about when it would be released. But we also know that on the official John Lennon Facebook page, they're saying that the box set will have, and we've had this number before, 159 new mixes. These will be stereo, 5.1, Dolby Atmos, and on blue, uh, two Blu-ray HD audio discs, and Excellent. on six CDs. And there'll also be a 130-page um, hardcover book. So all that's going to be coming your way when this box set comes out and um you know i just have a feeling that with with this release all things must pass and let it be they're gonna spread it apart it's just my own opinion it makes the most sense probably yeah. about two months apart figure That's march fine. or april plastic yeah. on all band may june all things must pass and since um get back the movie is supposed to be hopefully it will be in theaters or on Disney Plus, mm -hmm. the end of August, and maybe the Let It Be box set will be around that same time. So, you know, in each case, it's a couple of months apart. That makes the most sense. And then maybe a McCartney archival maybe. box set the end of the year. Who knows? <laughs> Finish those Wings albums. Yes. Yep. Yes. No, no. Press to play. Press to play. <laughs> it's more important. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of Paul, his latest album, McCartney 3, is now completely off Billboard's top 200 wah, album wah. charts. Oh, After debuting at number two, then dropping to 37 to 90 to 200, just like Egypt Station, the album spent only four weeks on the album charts in the U.S. It just seems like the average shelf life of a new album from a veteran artist of the iconic status of a McCartney that being uh, four weeks, sad, but true. And half of those albums are in Tom's room right now. 
I'm definitely getting to McCartney Overkill. McCartney 3 Overkill. Yes. <laughs> I've gotten there. Uh, I don't know. It was uh, I love when, when it's news and everybody's yeah. talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's exciting, you know, and, and you know, be grateful anytime you put out anything. Yeah, I loved uh, it in December. Yeah. <laughs> and some, of Janu- <laughs> some of January too. Yeah, we we loved waiting most of December for him too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> waiting for something. Uh, yeah. Just have to read a comment from our friend Beetle Ed, who uh, hey. runs our show on Fat Four Radio. Runs many of our shows, in fact. Um, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Uh, yeah, and he uh, mentions uh, when we were talking about all the box sets, he said, "I will need a GoFundMe page." Yes. I'm with uh-huh. you. I'm with you, dude. Yeah. We Absolutely. all will. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said on my other podcast show, thank God for Ringo, just an EP. Just the EP. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's easy right. on the wallet. Thank you, Ringo. Okay. Well, that's because you're not a collector. Yep. The collector, you got to get the cassette. You got to get the red vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's the music that matters. Remember that, yes. Tom. Mm-hmm. If I have to uh, choose. <laughs> Other news, Rolling Stone reports that Yoko Ono and Janie Hendrix, the stepsister of Jimi Hendrix, are among those starting a new music channel, which is called The Coda Collection, which will be streamed exclusively through Amazon Prime Video. The channel was named after the new multimedia company co-founded with CEO Jim Spinello, director-producer John McDermott, and veteran entertainment lawyer Jonas Herbsman. And Sony Music Entertainment is an equity partner. And the channel will launch on February 18th, Mm. Yoko's 88th birthday. Wow. Yoko was quoted on the new venture. She says John Lennon was always on the cutting edge of music and culture. The Coda Collection will be a new way for fans to connect on a deeper level. And uh, the article from Rolling Stone goes on to say that the channel will feature rare concerts and new documentaries, as well as premiere films, alongside other music programming and uh, newly filmed exclusive performances will also debut, including sets from Jane's Addiction and Stone Temple Pilots. Amazon Prime members will have access at the launch to 150 titles. And this will be four ninety nine a month with new content updated regularly. Just May nice I to say know that that something here. Robin Henry says, I happen to tur- turn on the show here, says, um, it sounds like Joe might be selling some of his McCartney three-color vinyl a year from now. You never know. If you want to buy, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Tom won't. Tom no, in fact, uh, Ed, Ed Crawford says Tom will soon start the official McCartney 3 mu- uh, Museum. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought he should do. Yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly. For, for a split second, a split second, I had considered once I got all of the colored vinyls in my hands that I was going to put them all up on eBay at the same time and try to get like a couple thousand dollars for them. To buy but more. That was just, that was just like a, a split <laughs> second. So once I got them all, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, no, Tim Elliott wanted to know if anyone uh, has the third man release, the yellow with the black dots. Hold uh, before I woke up. 333 copies. No, yeah. unless I have $5,000. Mm. Is, that what it shells. Goes for now? <laughs> is that what it goes for now two uh, copies sold over five thousand for over five thousand dollars when it first was announced yeah. <laughs> i'm sure it's a lot more now yeah mm. uh, it's mm. possible i haven't looked lately 
Sorry. All right. More news. Last show, I mentioned that legendary record producer Richard Perry has a new book coming out on Kindle called Cloud Nine. Ironic that it's called Cloud Nine. That's the name mm. of his production company. Mm. Uh, Cloud Nine Memoirs of a Record Producer. Now it's been confirmed as a softcover book due out February 16th, just a few days away. For Beatle fans, Perry produced Ringo's two most successful albums, Ringo and Goodnight Vienna. Special thanks to John Mazzini of the Facebook page, The Beatles in Print, Together and Solo. Mary McCartney. Yep. yep. Mary McCartney now has a new cooking show that just premiered on the Discovery Plus channel. Her new, her new series is called Mary McCartney Serves It Up, and it launched on February the 4th. Mary, just like Mother Linda, has become a passionate vegetarian cook and has now written several vegetarian cookbooks and loves to entertain and cook for her friends and family. Her show not only will introduce you to her own recipes, but she'll be inviting famous friends to the show, like Kate Hudson, Nicole Ritchie, Cameron Diaz, and Gail King. For uh, more information, you can visit the website, discoveryplus.com. A few more news items, Fox Antonio, as in Antonio, Texas, foxantonio.com, just gave a report on a photojournalist named Bob Collister, who in his career covered everything from floods to riots to celebrities. His son, Brian, grew up in newsrooms and darkrooms. Well, Bob passed away in 2019, and on his deathbed, Brian remembered that his father said he wants him to have all his photographs, also his slides and negatives. And Brian spent many weeks looking through all the photos until he found one envelope that was marked Beatles on it. On the inside were undeveloped pictures of the Beatles playing live at Shea Stadium in 1966. How could you just hide that away? <laughs> I don't I don't get that. This never ceases to amaze me. It seems like every year yeah. there is some story Something just pops up. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh, you know, this is in my garden shed. I, I've always heard all, about it. All these years that they've said you, you've got to hide your love away, but not your 66 yeah. Shea pictures. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. According to uh, this article, two of the pictures have Paul and Ringo looking directly at his father. Uh, these were up close and personal photos that captured the raw emotion of the night. Brian, the son, is saying he wants to auction off these photos with proceeds going to fund opportunities and education for journalists. For more information, you can visit investigativenetwork.org or to make things easier on everyone, I posted the whole article on our Facebook page for Talk More Talk. So there's a link right there, click it on. And if you want to make a bid, go for it. Okay. Uh, we note the passing of Hilton Valentine. He was a founding member of the Animals, and it was his guitar playing that you heard at the beginning and throughout their big hit, The House of the Rising Sun. Hilton lived in Wallingford, Connecticut. He was 77. Thought I'd mention that since big band, uh, part of the British invasion. A reminder that on February 26th, the uh, collection of three disc set Dylan 1970 will be coming out with outtakes from the sessions from his albums for New Morning and Self Portrait, including a rehearsal from uh, May the 1st, 1970, between Dylan and George Harrison. And as I mentioned before, Ringo's new EP, Zoom In, five songs on it, comes out March the 19th. 
And I do want to make mention of the special event that will take place, not this weekend, the following weekend, the Fab Four Con Jam. This is kind of like the Fest for Beetle fans. It's a virtual thing with panel discussions. And also it says uh, never before seen content on the Beatles, uh, performances uh, from uh, individual artists and groups. And also there are four eyewitnesses to the rooftop concert that will be there. Some of the special guests will be Alan Parsons. He was one of them. Um, Also Ivor Davis, Jerry Hammack, Nancy Lee Andrews, our own Ken Womack will be part Mm. of this. John Leckie, who was one of the engineers for uh, the Plastic Ono Band album. John and Yoko's Plastic Ono Mm. Band albums. And All Things Must Pass as well. Chris O'Dell will be there. Kevin Harrington. Kevin Harrington, the redhead that was on the roof. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is he the one holding the... Yes, I believe so. For John? Yeah. I believe so. Paul Saltzman will be there. Uh, Let's see. And Robert Rodriguez, who uh, put this thing together. And as far as musicians, here's just a few I'm going to mention. Robin Hitchcock, uh, Apple Jam, the Mona Lisa Twins. They're great. Uh, Let's see. Emma Swift and past and present members of Third Eye Blind, the Fab Foe. I don't know if the whole band's going to be there. They're great musicians. The Joe Jackson Band. That'd be amazing. It says wow. Weezer, Jellyfish, wow. Smash Mouth. If you need more information, you can go to this website. It's Fab Four Con Jam. That's Fab, the number four, conjam.com. And proceeds will benefit the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Very nice. Yep. Okay, again, that's February 20th and 21st. Yeah, you know, when we had Robert Robert Rodriguez on the Two Legs show uh, some while back, he kind of, you know, told us this was his, you know, plan and it was going to be uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Brown, he announced, mm. he was going to announce it um, soon, but then COVID hit and then obviously, you know, so now it's this. Changed well, actually, yeah, changed everything. But I'm I'm still glad that it's going on, though. Absolutely. So, hey, this whole thing with Zoom, all these virtual yeah. <laughs> events are yeah. wonderful. I mean, you know, it takes the place. It's not the same thing as no. being there in person, but it's right. the next best thing. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So our main topic, as I said before, we're going to be talking about our favorite songs that the Beatles and their solo careers covered, and we're going to mention our top three from each beetle mm-hmm. as i said before i am going to let joe start this thing off <laughs> but with what Since i seem to come up with the same answers sometimes okay and then like, oh, that means you have good I taste to... that's, that's all that means okay. <laughs> i see i don't know so, so which beetle let's start with john Good, John's because that's, easiest, pa- that's, actually. that's page one that I have. I didn't have to flip the page. <laughs> okay. I knew that. I'm funny that way. I go in order. John, Paul, George, Ringo. But it's not always the case because Paul has so much more stuff. A lot of times it makes sense. Anyway, um, now, unless I'm mistaken, with John, it's hard to find a lot of cover songs other than his rock and roll album, unfortunately. Just uh, a few others. Unless you're talking about like live tracks, too. Right. Uh, and this and that and stuff, but uh, so I, I stuck with the rock and roll album, and you know, um, I feel like I've mentioned a, at least one of these before, and that's Sweet Little Sixteen. Mm. Now I remember saying that on one of these shows, kind of defending it because 
let's face it, most people will listen to, to that version and they'll say, what the heck is this? It's nothing like Chuck Berry's. And John, on one of the shows uh, that he had been on, I think it was NEWFM in New York or something. Um, I'm trying to remember where I heard it. He said, that, that's the dance hall version. He laughed and joked <laughs> with it. And because uh, it's more like a dance version, like you want to do a tango or something with it. What I like about it so much is I like uh, the way that John's voice is really gritty in it. And he starts really screaming towards the end and making the most out of it. Very enthusiastic to be singing it. And Chuck Berry was you know one of his heroes growing up as a youth right. so um a youth I, I, I did put the th in there we just watched my cousin vinnie again recently by the way. <laughs> just watch it so I, as i was saying this it sounded like youth uh, what, what is a youth but anyway um so i, I really like that it's a, it's an unpopular opinion i'm sure but that's one of them that i like all right, all right. Uh, okay um, then i'll go with uh angel baby which uh, I talked about, and that's was Rosie in the originals the one yes. famous for that? Yes, she was 15 years old. Oh, really? Oh. Wow. Well, 1960 was a hit. I like her, her version, of course, but uh, we talked about this a little when we did the Give Me Some Truth show. I really like uh, the way on this new version that uh, Sean Lennon uh, worked on really brought a lot of the sound up you know, with the vocals of john it never mm -hmm. sounded better this track was always one of the muddier tracks that we had when we had it on the the john lennon roots originally uh, adam eight record mm -hmm. and then later on we wound up getting it i think on men love avenue but it still wasn't really sharp enough for me you know i heard everything on here you know this angel baby i, I love the horns and all i'm a fan of hearing the horns on these songs some people yes. say ah oh, curse the 70s with those horns it doesn't belong in rock and stuff and Papa. I, I love it. Mm. And again, I just love uh, the passion he puts into it. So I love Angel Baby. Okay. And uh, there's, there's a number of tracks I like off the rock and roll album, but I went with the opener next, Bebopalula, Gene Vincent, you know. Uh, as much as I like the Gene Vincent version, it is that one is the opposite of with the Chuck Berry situation with Sweet Little 16. Gene Vincent's is rather slower bebop Lula, and kind of more deliberate like that where john seems more bombastic and i like a little bit of the slight echo or reverb on his voice in there um and uh i'm also looking at ken's face i try to get a reading if he has any <laughs> similar thinking, feelings you know so, so would you say that when paul did bebop Lula, because it was slower than john's version was that closer to the gene vincent version? um i would say um i i prefer the john one in this case Mm. You know, um, and uh, that's uh, my uh, John picks. Those okay. are my John picks. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. I said John's the easiest because this you All basically right. have the rock and roll album, the leftover tracks from rock and roll like Angel Baby and Be mm -hmm. My Baby and Yeah, yeah. Is to Lover and those songs, but you do have those live cuts if you happen yeah. to like Hound Dog, you know, from One to One. And John, and I noticed that live piece. John right. Tobacco mentioned slipping and sliding. That's one of the best ones too for me on there. If I could have had a fourth one, it might have mm -hmm. been any any other day. It would have been in the top three. I love his version of slipping and sliding also. Okay, right. you cool. can't go wrong. I mean, it's it's a fun album to me, rock and roll. Well, I nearly picked Yeah Yeah, but the version off Walls and Bridges. I nearly picked that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Kit, let's make you next. Okay, well, um, surprise, surprise, two of these are from the Rock and Roll album, but a third one is not. Um, I'll start with uh, the one that is not, which is, uh, well, baby, please don't go. Um, I, nice. I, I just think, choice. yeah, that is a really uh, just a, a you know, really gritty vocal um, from John, um, you know, and some uh, terrific, you know, rhythmic guitar playing that just... Uh, you know, just this kind of chugging, you know, kind of rhythm. Um, and uh, the, the bass on this too uh, is, is just so, you know, so good. I mean, just that, mm. you know, it's a Klaus, isn't it? It's uh, I think it's, I think it's Klaus. I um, believe so. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, Klaus is such a, uh, Klaus Foreman's such an underrated bass player, by the way. And this That's is hilarious. another, he really is. And this is another example of that. Um, the sax solo, when you were just talking about horns, uh, Joe, that's, a, that's another thing. I, I'm a sucker for horns. And I think we've talked <laughs> about that. Yeah. And the sax solo from Bobby Keys on this. Oh, I mean, it is, you know, this is, it's just pure rock and roll. And that this was recorded during the Imagine sessions is, is so interesting um, because, you know, it has obviously such a different sound uh, than, uh, than the other uh, cuts on that album. And, you know, it's, a, it, and it just sounds like it was a great uh, studio jam and, and, you know, it has such a blues kind of, I mean, it's old rock and roll, but it has such a, a bluesy kind of sound to it. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's, it's uh, pretty different sounding, uh, than the original, uh, by the Olympics, uh, from 1958. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, um, I mean, the original was not this bluesy that's, that's for mm. sure. Uh, but I like what, what John did. I mean, he really made it his own. Um, and, uh, I, I just, uh, really enjoyed this and, and I was so glad that, you know, subsequent, um, it, you know, collections, the, the Imagine Ultimate Collection, of course, we talked about a couple mm. of years ago, um, unearthed this because I, I just thought, wow, I mean, why wasn't this on the rock and roll album? I wish the <laughs> rock and roll album sounded even more like this. I mean, right. I, I just, I, you know, because I know and we'll, I'm sure we'll do a show on the rock and roll album uh, in the future. But because, um, you know, I think I've mentioned I've had my issues with the production on it and that kind of thing. But this I just thought this is what I wanted it to sound like. But there were a couple of numbers on the rock and roll album I did like. Um, mm. And uh, one of them uh, being, I love uh, the Rip It Up Ready Teddy. Mm. Ooh, okay. Uh, oh, I mean, you know, you, first of all, you can't go wrong with little Richard. Um, and I love the way he, he, put these two together in a medley and i can certainly see they fit perfectly together um and uh and oh i mean his his voice is just so raw on this um and you know it, it definitely in a way it adheres pretty closely to the little richard version but uh his vocals on it again because it's that john lennon sort of raspy kind of guttural kind of voice um you know obviously different from, from little Richard's delivery, but um, still contains that, you know, that great energy. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I really liked um, his take on that. And again, to put the two, um, you know, together and the band on this just cooked. 
I mean, I, I just thought, you know. And lastly, and a couple of commenters have already mentioned this, um, and I think you just uh, uh, brought it up too, Joe, is slipping and sliding. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I thought this may be my favorite track off of rock and roll period it was slipping and sliding um john just sounded like he was having so much fun recording this i mean you could hear it in his voice um it's a little bit of a sentimental favorite for me as well because i remember the early years of me going uh when i would go to the fest for beatles fans and they played the video to this and this was, of course, back in the days before YouTube mm -hmm. and everything, where, I mean, I'd never seen the video before to this. And the way he would stare into the camera, and, and, <laughs> I mean, right at you, and perform yeah. this in this really intense way. And I remember just being, you know, so kind of mesmerized by his performance of this. And mm. that's always kind of stuck in my head whenever I've, I've heard the song. But I, I like it anyway because again i mean that that row of horns you want horns this song's got it uh <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. a, a horngasm if you will right. and, uh, very good there you go <laughs> and i love that and and as i said john's vocals on this um i i just i you know again i mean they're just so energetic but but also it just sounds like he's having a a blast on this um revisiting you know what influenced him as a mm. teenager um so as i said this this may be my favorite on the entire album and uh he really knew i mean you know paul everybody talks about paul and little richard and how we could mm. you know imitate little richard and, and everything john could interpret little richard really well too but mm. just mm. but make it his own Right. Um, so uh, so those are my three picks. Listen, uh, I wanted to just interject something. I was wondering a song that I was going to pick, but I didn't think it really counted was when John's version of, so to speak, of every man has a woman who loves him. The Yoko song came out, but that's just his backing track after he died. So I didn't really I love that that record Me, but i mm, almost picked that yeah. and then i'm like eh, i don't know i, if said, that's I don't quite think it cover. really qualifies so i didn't pick it mm, me too no yep i, I wouldn't either it's mm. tough and also because that came out after john died it wasn't yeah. like he chose right. <laughs> yeah to, right. to release it that yeah. way but yeah but great choices all around from from the two of you and you know with john he he had one of those magical voices where there's an edginess to it Yep. at all times you know and um you know and he's so much at home doing the 50s rock and roll yeah. and he, it just it shows in that album it is a fun album mm -hmm. even though a lot of people like to put it down in the in the entire canon of john yeah. lennon albums it's still a lot of fun to listen to i'm enjoying it more lately than i had in the past for some reason yeah i agree with that it's growing on me a bit yeah tom your choices all right. Well, uh, again, like you guys, I mean, I picked uh, you know a couple songs off the rock and roll album as well. Um, however, I did pick one uh, that wasn't, and um, that was when he was in this little band uh, that not a lot of people remember, but he was in this little band called the Dirty Mac, and uh, he covered himself with your blues. <laughs> and I have been when when that cd was released i i never knew about the the rock and roll rolling i mean the rolling stones rock and roll circus when that cd came out uh picked it up 
And I really thought that that version of, of really rivaled uh, the Beatles version, especially for me, Eric Clapton is, is just, a, you know, amazing on that track. And then also John's vocals, I think, really rivals the original version of Your Blues on that, too. I mean, a really raw performance from him vocally on that cover as well. Not the biggest fan when they cover Beatles songs, but I think this might be the best time that uh, a solo Beatle covered a Beatles song, if you will, you know, because the other others weren't on the track. So, uh, but this is, I think was great. Mitch Mitchell was drumming it, I think is really good on it. But, um, but I think I, I, I kind of think it's a different category altogether. That's when fair. you're covering yourself, you know, really. Right. Well, for me, for me John yeah, anyway. um, I, yeah. I, um, I love your blues on the white album. And as mm-hmm. much as I like more, mostly for the spectacle of it and the, the novelty right. that it's happening, I, I much prefer, for me, I, I mean, I didn't pick it. Right. I, I much prefer the white album version. Personally. Oh yeah. No, so, so do I, but I, I think it's, it's, I think it's a really good cover of that. And I think, you know, Keith and Mitch and, and Eric Clapton with, with John, I think they just, they do a, a great job and I think they knock it out of the park. Um, doing a song that they really, you know, they they did on the fly. I mean, it was only like two days worth of of recording there when they when they did that. So they obviously they're professionals and they did that on, on the fly. But I think they did an, ex- an excellent job um, covering that song. Um, uh, you know, stand by me. Um, you know, obviously Benny King's version is is, is beautiful as is. His, his soulful voice just carries that song. But I got to say, I mean, again, you know, we talk about John's the rawness in his vocals and sometimes I mean that that can work even on this like simple little, you know, song like this and and it's really moving uh, with with his vocals on on this track I gotta I gotta say and it's just like it's it's like comfort food to me in a way this song because yeah. you know it's just it's just you know the, the benny king part our song has been a part of my life i'm part of, you know part of my life i mean i mean i grew up listening to the song because that's mm. what my parents they listen to this stuff nonstop. And it's, it's just like comfort in a way. I mean, I, you know, I, I hear John's version and I was just really blown away by it when I first heard it. And it was just really moving. And, you know, I was like, this, this John guy, he might have a, you know, a career, here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, I discovered it after his death, but um, it, it's still a very worthy uh, cover. And, uh, you know, I'm glad it was a, the single for the, uh, for the album. And um yeah, it's just really good. Yeah, I nearly um, put that on mine too. I mean, that's a, that's a yeah. big oh, classic. One. Yeah, it is. exactly. Yeah, it, it is. is. And then with like Joe, I, I picked Angel Baby as well for for the reasons. Again, it's it's his vocals that really carry that song for me. You know, I was listening to the original um, earlier today. And <laughs> it's just really, uh, you know, if you haven't, you know, check out Rosie and the Originals on YouTube. And it's just, yep. you know, it's not a bad song, but you know. John just his vocals just are really um what's the word I mean he, he puts a lot of care into it um you know it's it's very uh I don't know protective in a way maybe it's, it's just it feels like um you know he's got that rough edge but he's also got that soft side to him too and I think that's really what this is it's just like yeah, at times soft it goes side. falsetto the voice right. goes a little more falsetto, a little bit. higher mm. at times I like that <clears throat> right yeah, so it's it's again it's a, it's another pretty powerful uh, vocal performance from John as well, and you know, and I like it when when they when these artists they do a cover, and you know, sometimes they'll take 
liberties a little bit, but they also kind of stay true to the original as well. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, you know, John, I think with the, the covers that he did, you know, pretty much stayed true to the originals, but then just brought with, with his vocals, I think is really what he added to those, those covers and whether or not they were like a powerful, you know, raw vocal for like slipping in a slide or something like that, or just like a soft, you know, vocal for Angel Baby. I just think that he was very, really talented when it came, when it comes to covers and treated them you know, with respect. Absolutely. I mean, John's vocals are such a big part of his songs. And it's kind of like, you know, you've got that really edgy vocal from him. And at the same time, you could have a song like Julia. Yeah. You know, yeah. where it's very, yep. a very soft delivery. And just to have that variety, those different mm -hmm. ways of, of uh, you know, projecting yourself vocally makes it even more interesting. But it's kind of interesting what you said, Tom, about Angel Baby, because I remember when John was on Scott Muni's show in New York City when Rock and Roll came out, and Scott was kind of like making fun of the song, you know, Rosie right. and the Originals version. It's kind of a very whiny voice right. and everything. And well, John's like, no, no, I love it. I love it. Right. You know, so, um, <laughs> yeah. And he can have that real sensitive vocal, too. And like mm -hmm. you said, the, the falsetto, too, which works mm -hmm. so well in that song. Mm -hmm. Interesting that you and Joe picked two songs that didn't make the final cut for rock and roll. Right. Were left, in, <laughs> you know, left off of it. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I still never understand that, but hey, mm. what you, what, you know. But like you said, Joe, that the the um the quality the truth version, the give me some truth version, though, yeah. really just that's, you know, that was that was up, one of know. my very favorite tracks on that compilation, yeah. mm -hmm. the way it was handled. Yeah. yeah. Okay, my three are probably not going to surprise anybody, but they're all from the rock and roll album. Mm. And you talk about medleys. I thought the medley of "Bring It On Home to Me" and "Send Me Some Lovin'." was outstanding. I think those two songs work really well in that arrangement. And um, you can call it the Sam Cooke medley because he <laughs> covered both those songs, but actually Send Me Some Lovin' is, was first done by Little Richard. Mm -hmm. So I just like the way those two songs blended so well together. What's that you're showing? I'm sorry, uh, this is uh, Beetle Eddie is watching us on the big screen right now, so. <laughs> Hello, wow. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Sorry, Ken. That's okay. Have we said how much we love Fab Four Radio here? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we, and we do. <laughs> we certainly do. So, do. Uh, yeah, so definitely, <laughs> definitely that medley uh, is in my top three. Mm. I had to put, like the rest of you, slipping and sliding. Mm. I mean, there's so much energy yes. in that particular version of it i love the whole arrangement like you said the horns and um you know had john lived i would have loved to have seen him do that one live it yes. would have made a great encore towards the end his passion for 50s rock and roll shows in that and um it's just a killer version it's it's like two and a half minutes of rock and roll heaven he did a really version it's... of that on um sir lou grade right right yep. he did that was pretty good yeah, too. that's right but uh, the one that's on rock and roll is just it's yeah. completely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't touch it. <laughs> you know, and at number one, I had to put Stand By Me in there. Mm -hmm. It's rare when I will uh, list like at number one, a song that's a hit because they tend to get played out. But I never get tired of Stand By Me. John's mm -hmm. vocals are so superb. And um, on the Give Me Some Truth compilation, it, you really notice they, they pumped up his vocals there, probably more so than than any of the cuts, maybe, 
and uh, his voice is so, so, like I said, magical. It's part of what carries the song. Mm-hmm. When you listen to a John Lennon recording, it's that integral right. yep. to the recording itself. And uh, I love the guitar solo, Jesse at Davis, yes. which was, you know, very George Harrison-esque, maybe, maybe intentional. But, uh, you know, another perfect recording right there. You know, and it's it's hard to I don't like to to compare it so much with Benny King's because that's a that's a classic, too. Right. And you also had the benefit there, Tom, of it being a hit all over again when the movie came out. So uh, you heard Benny King's version all the time and rightfully so. Yep. And, uh, you know, but John, John did the song justice. (laughs) He really did. I thought uh, he did a superb job with that arrangement. And it's so great that we, or at least we had such limited amount of things from John. At least we're treated to those two films of him doing Stand By Me and mm-hmm. Slipping and Sliding at yeah. the end of the old gray whistle test in 75. Those then out videos, you know. Right. But, yeah. Uh, right. I'm so glad we have those. Yes. Hmm. All right. So who should we do next? I <laughs> will pick Ringo. All right. Ah. Okay. And this time I'm going to start with Tom. Okay. Well, speaking of, of, of more comfort food, um, my mom would play the hell out of the platter's greatest hits. Um, so again, just grew up with the platters and uh, you know, loving the, the, their vocals and then, you know, discovering uh, what do we got here? You know, good night Vienna. And then, um, you know, so my my one pick here is only you uh by Ringo here um it's 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 just so simple and um I I like that he um the vocals here are not you know he, I don't think he tries too hard to to match you know the the like a platters version or anything like that he just does his his normal vocals and I think it just fits and then just with the uh, just with the acoustic guitar and the you know I, that part <laughs> I think really is really nice uh, uh, during that song so um, I really really appreciate uh, only you as one of my favorite uh, Ringo covers and John chose that for him too yes I was just right. gonna say you know right. yeah, and then and we've got that demo there on the uh, John Lennon anthology as well yeah, that to, right. to go along with it. So, and you really hear Harry Nelson, Harry Nelson, Harry yes. Nelson, yes, and he's in the video yeah. as well on top of that Capitol <laughs> building. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, um, you know, you know, we had talked about a particular song while we were while we were, you know, before we came on. So I won't include that, but I got another one here. Um, I love um, underrated album very underrated for me is the oh, me bad too. boy album and yeah. um you know ringo covered a song here from the small faces and the song is tonight and um again i think it's another really good uh ringo vocal um again it's it's a lot different it's the vocal kind of runs like this like the small faces version but i like that this one is a little bit more guitar oriented and uh really big you know you got that horngasm like like hit uh yeah. <laughs> we're gonna make that word popular yes. uh-huh. that's I gonna know. be in the webster's dictionary before <laughs> you know it there it <laughs> but uh i i love his you know is it really you here with me tonight i, lo- I like how he sings that song it's really gentle it's 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 i i think it's it's a great uh, cover by by Ringo and um you know I think it fits Ringo and it's I you know musically wise I think it's really good and his vocals are strong on this um then um we'll go um 
we'll go with uh, Ringo's Rotogravure, and uh, we're going to go um, Hey Baby, uh, which is, again, is another one of my uh, uh, my standout covers from Ringo. That's for, from Bruce Channel. Um, I think it was 60, 61, I think it 63. was. 63. Yeah, 63. Thank you. Or 62. Mm. Or whatever. Around that time. Anyway. It had to be early because <laughs> the lovely you, yeah. the harmonica was inspired by by that yeah. Hey Baby, I think. Well, see, and that's the do. thing. Okay, now you bring up a good point with the, the harmonica. See, now I'm kind of glad that that's taken out in this version. Yeah. Of, oh, yeah, me too. Of, of, of Hey Baby. And I just love the you know the hey baby in the song because you got all the backing people doing it with Ringo and I think yeah. it adds a little charm to it and yeah. uh, I think he again he sings that cover really well or, or this song really well and and it's really about the singing for these for these songs again it's a lot of the vocals I mean I, he doesn't really take a lot of liberties you know changing it up or whatnot but uh, I, I do like the fact that the harmonica is kind of taken out and then you know again you got the you know more rock oriented you know with more you know horns and stuff like that so um I really dig that uh yeah what a beer hey baby so, I just happen to notice that Beatle Egg wrote I Can Help by Ringo. You and, know, uh, you know he, that that's not officially released. Right. right. But I think that was a perfect song for him. It was. I mean, that the, the lyrics fit, you know, Ringo's silliness in a way, you know, like the no-no song and, and you know, Hopeless and, and stuff like that. I Can Help, I think, is it could be, a, a would if it was released, a, a really good Ringo track, absolutely. You know, it wasn't until many years later when somebody said to me that when when they heard I Can Help from mm -hmm. Billy Swan, it yeah. sounded like a Ringo vocal. Like Ringo. <laughs> and yes. I never kind of. thought about that yeah. Yeah. before. But yeah, that, yeah, that song of. would really fit Ringo yeah. style right there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the ones that he recorded with Chips Moman, which didn't mm. get released. Right, released, right. Right. And if I remember correctly, Joe, uh, Delbert McClinton was the guy who uh, gave John Lennon pointers on how to play the harmonica. And I think he played the harmonica on the Bruce Chanel version of mm. Hey Baby. Mm. Okay. So it's also interesting in a way, Tom, that at the end of A Dose of Rock and Roll, he yeah, starts to say, hey, hey, baby. Baby. hey so baby. Yeah, he's exactly. like previewing the next track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, Kit, you're next. Okay, well, great seeing these comments here. Uh, Susan and Jeff, you're going to like some of my picks here um, <laughs> uh, because they're from the same album, but I'm going to uh, start with um, uh, agreeing with Tom here, only you. Um, that that is really a charming version, um, and uh, you know very different from the platters, uh, as we were saying, Tom. Uh, you know, of course, that's that's my my favorite uh, favorite. I have to admit, but uh, but Ringo puts his own spin on it, um, and and as you said, Tom, I mean, he's he you know isn't trying to, and he isn't trying to copy the platters. Right, that's exactly. Great. Yeah, right. and that's great. Um, you know, you can definitely hear uh, hear uh, Harry Nilsson here. Or right. you, need, you know, can't mistake those backing vocals, uh, as you said, uh, John Lennon on on, on here as well. Um, and I think it was very clever of John to recommend that song um, yeah. for for Ringo because the lyrics do kind of fit his personality. Um, right. And even having him speak. That, yes. that one line That's another uh, line uh, something else i wanted to say yeah good yeah, job. yeah. I, I think that was very you know clever as well so it really was tailored to, to fit his personality um because you know and i'll probably be saying 
saying this about all these songs, you know, because Ringo is sort of an all-around entertainer. I mean, I, I think not not just a singer, not just a drummer. I think he really transformed into an all-around um, entertainer. And, and, and I think these songs really fit that. And, and uh, you know, and that's really him at his best. Um, and so that's, uh, so that's uh, only you. Um, this, the, these two are from an album that I, I'm really glad that we focused on the, this album on this show because it really turned me around on this album. <laughs> I uh, know, the, where you going? From, <laughs> uh, from the Sentimental Journey album. Um, mm. I, I really, uh, I've really grown to, to just, I, I just think this this album is is so so charming and uh, you know just uh, just a great introduction to the Great American Songbook and and uh, and so uh, so my next pick is Sentimental Journey. Um, mm. I'm not saying it's better than you know some of the ones where you show like the the one with Doris Day singing lead, but again he makes it his own. Um, yep. You know he's it's it's uh, and even the video you know further emphasizes that he's an entertainer you know he's he's uh you know coming on he's the opio it's his opening song for his show um and it's and it is sentimental i mean and, and i think he does a great job selling that part of it uh but my number one pick from that album is dream um mm. george martin's arrangement on that wow. is gorgeous uh, absolutely gorgeous and it fits him. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, you know, his performance on like Good Night, mm. you know, that it's, it's mm -hmm. uh, you know, really fits you know, kind of a, you know, his, the gentle side of his personality. Yeah. Nice, nice, soft. Yeah. yeah uh, it's a rendition. Exactly. It's a nice, soft rendition. Um, you know, that, and as I said, with the beautiful arrangement in the background, um, just you know it 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 just fit his personality it fits his vocal range um and i just thought it was a, a lovely lovely rendition and as with the rest of the album you can tell it's a loving tribute to these songs that you know his relatives his family loved and that you know probably songs that he grew up hearing mm -hmm. um and uh, which is what makes that album so so great so so those are my my favorite ringo covers okay Great choices there. All right, that leaves you, Joe. Well, I I really was going crazy trying to narrow it down for Ringo because he's done so many cover songs. Probably you racking whole, your brain. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, that's not really a cover song. Wow. Right? No. <laughs> but yeah, I racked my brain. All right, I'll tell you, there's so many. But the, the first one that popped into my mind is a song that I love that he, Ringo does from an album I hate. And that's the old wave album, which I cannot stand, <laughs> but I absolutely love his rendition of she of uh, she's about a mover. Oh yeah, which okay. is, uh, that's good. It's a fun rocker. Ringo lets it all hang out, and you know what is whoa, what I say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just see him like wow, yeah, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Sir, or uh, Sir Douglas Quintet uh, did that, at least one version of it, anyway. Um, and uh, that's the first song that popped into my head, so I went with it. Um, secondly, this is a one again, we've talked about this, we talked about this. I know I went through this when we discussed the Ringo the Fourth album. I actually love Drowning in the Sea of Love, yeah. it yeah. is not a good, <laughs> by any standard, vocal performance, 
But it fits the, the song. He sounds like he's drowning in, in more than a sea of love, a sea of booze. Now, I mean, <laughs> you That's know, a safe bet. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I'm more power to Ringo. Nobody appreciates more than, than me and respects what he's done since 1988, cleaning up yeah. his act. But, you know, he was partying then. And even in the. He was promotion. having a boozegasm. <laughs> in the right, promotional right. film. You know, <laughs> For he really sure. Plays it, he really plays it up big, you know, drinking in the uh, beer and stuff oh, in the, yeah. uh, the promotional video. film. Yeah. But I just love the way he, he says, sings it like he's a little drunk, but he's out of his mind. He's drunk with love. He's drowning in the sea of love here. And I love when he does that line. Of, I, he goes, you know that I depend on you. Growls <laughs> <laughs> growling it a little bit. And I just love that when he does that throaty thing. Uh, I don't know if you call it disco. We loosely say disco-y song. You've got all that 70s cliche stuff with the background female singers on it and mm. stuff. So I, I just have a lot of fun with it. You know, even for its, I don't know, corniness in a way. It, it's just a fun, a fun song for me. I almost so, picked that. I, that that I came close. <laughs> yeah, that I came wouldn't close. call it corny, but you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, then we have the for the, the now, yeah the next ones. I, both of the I have like if I had four here. I don't know what I was going to do, but these both we've picked them. One, one of them was Hey Baby, but I also had Bye Bye Blackbird on here. Yeah. Mm. Bye I Bye like Blackbird. Uh, it's just again fun, happy go lucky Ringo. I love the bouncy zippy happy version of it uh, from Sentimental Journey. Uh, upbeat, you know, stuff like that. So that, that's what I went with, and I had had "Hey Baby" on there as a possibility. And I could have, I could have went in a lot of directions. Also, you know, that Ringo's done on his various albums. Yep. Um, and there's one famous one that uh, I didn't pick because, you know, I'm trying to. You're supposed to pick your favorites, right? What you think are the best. Right. But also, I find myself going, "Well, don't be so cliched." Sometimes, like you know. Did I want yeah. to pick your 16, you know? I think it's, it's, it's eons above the original, even. Yeah. If it's a favorite, you put it there. Oh, they're all favorites. Oh, mm -hmm. I have a hard time picking yeah. three. So yeah. that's it for me, I guess. Very interesting. You know, I love um, that version of Bye Bye Blackbird, especially with the banjo at the very beginning oh, yeah, yeah. to oh, start yeah. that way. And um, Ringo the Fourth, I, it always bothers me when people say it was a disco album. You know, they can't really pick Drowning in the Sea of Love is kind of danceable if you want to call it disco and maybe simple love song is kind of danceable. But most of the album is not disco. <laughs> so people brand it that when they haven't right. really heard the whole album. Maybe that's as close as you can get to loosely call it a disco. And, you know, if you want to do Good Night Tonight, you know, it's close. Well, Lawrence Juber has said to me a number of times, right. it's not disco. It's not a disco. Well, what is? What's disco that they did? You know, anything? Oh, well, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a fine line. There's danceable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is, is Ue Le Soleil disco? No. No. No? It's, it's dance. I would <laughs> okay. say. Well, this dance. Which yeah. is kind of, yeah. And I, and I like disco. I don't care. You know? yeah. I like either. disco too. I, like I hated disco. it when it came out. I love it now. Yeah. Compared to the crap we got out now. Yeah, but, so, uh, I mean, you know. You know hey, hey. <laughs> hey, this is what you got me on here for. A little, a little edge. A uh, little edge. And then, like you John, know, you're uh, edgy. But I don't know. If you think of disco in the terms of like, I love I love like Donna Summer and a song like, say, Hot Stuff. And oh, if, yeah. you know, if you think of disco, I don't know, only necessarily having to have that boom, boom, boom drum thing, yeah. which I don't think that is. All, all of disco. I think there's mm -hmm. disco without that. 
Right? Yeah. Um, so I think like George McRae is disco. Uh, rock, rock, rock Your Baby's considered disco. Yeah. yeah. But not that type with the driving. Yeah, they're different kinds. Drum. Yeah. Hmm. Well, right. we can go off on a tangent on this. Yeah, we uh, got a disco show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we haven't even that's done coming. George and that's Paul coming. yet. Wow. Yeah, that's right. So, and so I haven't Dan, done my are, Ringo one. Yeah, that's what right. are your picks? Okay. Um, I put down for number three one of my all-time favorite Ringo songs, which is from Bad Boy. And it's Hard on My Sleeve. Oh, it's great. Mm. Hard on My Sleeve was written by two guys from Scotland. Benny Gallagher, Benny Gallagher and Graham Lyle. And um, it was actually a hit record. It was top 10 in Ireland and in the UK. Mm. And it was a hit on the uh, adult contemporary charts here in the US. Although I don't remember their version getting played here in the US, but it was a hit uh, overseas. And also Brian Ferry had a hit with the song in 1976 in the UK. It's a great song. I love the sentiment. I love the words. It so fits Ringo. I love the, the live version he did for the Bad Boy TV special. Mm -hmm. I wish it was a song he would bring out on tour. I just love everything about that song. It's one of yeah, my favorite me too. songs. Me too. And I did not realize this until I looked this up today. But uh, those songwriters, Benny Gallagher and Graham Lyle, were actually hired by Apple Records as a songwriting team to write for their artists. And I know for a fact that Mary Hopkin recorded a song called Sparrow, which was mm. written by the two of them. Very so well. there is that connection too. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. But Heart of My Sleeve is one of my favorite of all Ringo songs. Read. My second favorite is one that uh, Kit is going to kill me uh -oh. for saying. Uh -oh. Because when we talked about Sentimental Journey, I told, I told you how much I love this this version oh, and I, I, I really like I know what you're going to say I love Stardust <laughs> I think it was a fantastic version of the song I like the whole arrangement I love in the middle part before they get into the, the orchestra doing the, the solo and Ringo's going ah hit me yeah, I love that whole part but um, I think his voice worked very well throughout the whole album you know we're not kidding ourselves here and we when we say we know that ringo has a limited range but it's what you do with it and yeah. if you're if you're going to pick songs that you can't sing and it's noticeable then there's a problem there but i kind of felt like he did a fine job on all the songs on sentimental journey no one's going to say he's frank sinatra you know but um his voice works for those songs he has a certain quality a certain charm a certain warmth that he brings to these songs. And um, like you said, Kit, he makes them his own, these particular arrangements. They really fit. And, um, you know, I love the title track, The Sentimental Journey, too. Great, great choice, as was okay. Bye Bye Blackbird. But Stardust had to be in there for me. That's one I didn't even have to think about. <laughs> That's okay. I still love you, Kim. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Very sweet. <laughs> so uh, my number one choice, again, I'm going with a hit. How dare I? But um, you're 16. There you go. It really is a great recording. It's a fun recording. Yep. I love how it opens with Nicky Hopkins on the piano. You know, Harry Nilsson's on that. Paul McCartney does the kazoo bit. Yes. And it just, it fits Ringo's style. It was exactly. an excellent arrangement of that song. And it deserved to be a number one hit. Number one, sure. So uh, I had to go with that one. Good so choice. There you go. Yep, good picks. 
Okay. Uh, Ken, Susan agrees with you on Stardust. Says, Ken, I love Ringo's Stardust version. It fits him or he fits it. So <laughs> there somebody, you go. Somebody likes Thank Ringo's you, recent version of a cover of Money. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, George Crinkle. Yep. He also, uh, oh, no, that was Robert Henry also says Disco Gasm. So I'm I'm making this happen. Uh, I'm, I'm making this, this term happen. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, uh, I love it. <laughs> Love it. There's no disco in George's catalog, so let's do him. Oh. Next, so you don't <laughs> okay. have to possibly bring up that word. <laughs> Since Paul has the most songs, we'll save him for last. But let's All do right. George next. And we'll start with you, Kit. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, this was this was kind of a tough one as there were, you know, there were some that, that choices that came close. But uh, but I will start with a um, song we were actually talking about right before we went on the air here. Um, if not for you, um, <clears throat> which uh, it is just, um, you know, beautiful song um, from All Things Must Pass. Um, as I'm sure everybody knows uh, who's watching, it was originally by uh, Bob Dylan. And um, I really, I, I, you know, I, I've said this over and over and all of us have about making it one's own. And this is yet another example of that. I mean, really, George turned this into an unmistakably George Harrison track, um, yeah. you know, with the slide guitar and, and, uh, uh, and the dobro as, as well. Um, and it's, it's just, I, I think, a, a beautiful, beautiful track. Um, and, uh, and I love that, you know, in true George Harrison form that the way he performs it, I mean, you can interpret it as, you know, romantic love or spiritual love, mm, um, right. you know, whereas I feel like with the Bob Dylan version, it's, it's kind of, to me, it sounds more romantic love and, mm. and, you know unmistakably and with you know george harrison with i don't know if it's his voice i don't know if it's the arrangement but it's just to me it's sort of ambiguous um right. but uh but yeah it's it's just uh it's just so beautiful and almost delicate the 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 arrangement so that's that's my first pick the other one uh next one is uh between the devil and deep, deep blue sea mm -hmm. i mean that is just how how fun is that um sure. and uh and, and to think it from 1931, it's originally <laughs> 1931, and, and yeah. he, you know, really just, uh, it's, a, you know, you can tell how much um, he, you know, loved uh, music from that era. Um, and, uh, you know, he really sounds fantastic here. I mean, it's, you know, really, can, hmm. yeah, hit those high notes. <laughs> Um, at times, and uh, I mean, really, uh, uh -huh. just uh, you know, knows how to phrase. I mean, that's the other thing too. Yep. Uh, you know, a song like this, it can be tough to work on phrasing. I think we've mentioned that uh, before on this show, and and to, and he he does it very easily. Um, and uh, you know, recorded with Jewel Holland's uh, Jules Holland's yes. band, and hmm. uh, and of course the again the arrangement. Uh, beautiful uh, fits with the time. I right. I just uh, I I love it. I I just think it's you know George at his most charming and and uh, you know it has, and adds wittiness to it as well. And we of course know about you know George's <laughs> sense of humor. We did a show sure. on it. Yep. Um, and yeah. So and number one, 
I, and here I'm going with a hit, but I just think this is so, so significant, of course, has got my mind set on you because, I mean, it's just incredible how it, I mean, what a comeback this, mm-hmm. this song represents. Um, also amazing how it's completely different Oh, yeah. from the yeah, original yes. completely um i i like the original um you know if you listen to the james ray version i mean the i like uh james ray's voice although toward the end when the backing singers come in the the female it starts getting a little lawrence welky for me but um <laughs> <laughs> starts getting into that territory but up until that point uh it's kind of fun you know it's kind of a fun latin sort of feel i mean george and and Jeff Lynn turned it into something completely different. I mean, right. more straightforward rock, you know, and, right. uh, um, and it just, um, you know, they just breathe new life into it. And it's just astounding how this, this song turned his career around. And, you know, I remember it, this came out when I was probably, I don't know, sophomore in high school, something like that. Uh-huh. And, and my friends just loved this song who were not Beatles fans at all who right. had, you know barely knew who George Harrison was and how this song appealed to so many age groups. It's comfort food right it's comfort food it <laughs> is but it turned a whole new generation onto him um and so yes, uh, oh, true Good yep point. and yep and so that's why that's my number one and I think the video helped mm. well the two videos but yes. the one with yeah. the arcade was a smart choice too. Yeah, that was fun yeah. too, and and yeah. The other one was video. better when he gets off the chair and starts doing, you know, somersaults and all that. Oh, shit. that, oh, that was, was hysterical. And when it's <laughs> when it's so obvious that the guy doing the somersault is right. not him. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's like, so yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and and when he's looking off to the side at times, like you can tell, he just like right. I don't want to make a video. And I mean, it was, yeah, he used to talk about that in right. interviews. I remember, I think on West Fifty Seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, street uh, interview. Oh goes, yeah! Now it's time true. to make a video. Right. <laughs> you, know, yep. you, have to, you have to do it these days. But it was like making fun of making videos. It was yeah. great. Right. It was great. Yeah. I know. And that's another thing that we've talked about here on this show is that uh, you know at the time when that song was a hit, there were a lot of young kids who had no idea who George Harrison was. Yep. Yeah. Didn't know he was a Beatle. That's you know, a good and they thing. bought That's the amazing. record. You know? That's a good example of what we talk right. about. You know, so he wasn't I mean, that that old, but old enough that, you know, uh, for, it's a, a miraculous thing that he actually was able to appeal to a young audience for That's that. Right. After mm, being yep. gone for four or five years, too. Right. Yeah. And throughout right. the 70s, that happened with the solo Beatles, too, because a lot of those hits were played on top 40 stations where you had little kids listening right. who didn't know, you know, who these four guys were. And, well, and they I, had their I, solo hits. So I still hear. I've got my mind set on you. I hear it a lot. I mean, I hear it on in supermarkets and stuff. It's it's one of the most played tracks. I think of all the solo Beatles. Still, I hear it uh, on in places wherever places I go, and I hear it. Wow, I think it's even probably popular online. From what mm, I yeah, understand. yeah. And I, it was the last actually. Uh, last last, uh, last, last a number, number one. Hit. One. one. Yep. So, yeah, it's last number one hit. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the U.S. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. and it's kind of funny that that uh, whenever I think about the song, I now connect it to when George visited the United States in 1963 before the Beatles did, right. and right. he bought the album from James mm-hmm. Ray, That's and right. he learned the song from there because mm-hmm. the Beatles were familiar with James Ray because of the song "If You Got to Make a Fool of Somebody," which they used to do live. 
So they they uh, no. they knew the song, and uh, so George bought the album and learned that song. And evidently, it was you know lodged in the back of his brain all those all those years ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, you gotta give Jim Keltner a lot of credit because he mm-hmm. came up with that drum pattern, which yep. kicked the whole thing off. You know. Oh, that's crucial to the song. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very All good. right, Joe. Well, you are next. I, I had to put got my mindset on you, and it saves me a lot of trouble because Kit said it so perfectly. Every we all joined in, and everything I just added about the number one uh, status that it got to, and uh, I, while he was going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think is what it was number one, actually at that time. Uh, it was in early '88 that it, it made it. I think January. But while, um, while, while who is going into the uh, got my mind set on you and the Beatles went into the Rock oh, and Roll the Beatles, Hall of Fame, yeah. okay. you know, yeah. and he was there at the ceremony. That's what it was number one then, I believe, while they were getting inducted because it, it was, it, you know, it wasn't 87. It was January of 88 or so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's when it was number one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's pretty, so I had to pick that. And um, if not for you, again, uh-huh. save me a lot of trouble. Uh, What can I say, you know, uh, slide guitar, the Dobro, uh, multiple acoustic guitars, just a beautiful, pretty, pretty version that George does. It's really a little country-ish, you know, but uh, I did. I love I love it. I've always loved it. Maybe his best cover for me of all, uh, you know, but now the third one will take a little time. This is one that nobody's picked. It's one of my very favorite covers also of George's and it's from the Somewhere in England album, and it's Hoagie Carmichael, Baltimore Oriole. I oh, absolutely yeah. love that song. Yes. I can't tell how much I love that song. In fact, I, I wanted my girlfriend when I was going through the list to hear it because she appreciates it. And I was playing it and on the phone, and I was like, I played the whole thing. I don't know how to describe it, but saxophone intro, it runs through the song. Uh, the nice harmonies and the the oohs and ahs that kind mm-hmm. of like complemented synthesizers uh the overall melody i just love the mood of it i love everything about that it's my favorite track of somewhere in england i think if i was going to rank them um i i just love when that comes on at the end of the the end of side one to close it off uh-huh um, not a lot of people talk about it uh, but uh, I have a. I think I'm reading Ken a little bit. I'm wondering if he's going to pick that. I look at his face. Yeah. Um. And uh, uh you know, uh, the, the lyrics. You know, again, I didn't realize this, but one of my girlfriend's favorite songs is also by Hoagie Carmichael. I think it's called Skylark, mm-hmm. and it also uses like birds <laughs> to talk about like love affairs. So, um, uh, it's interesting. You know, and uh, I really adore it. So okay. that's really George Fast for me. Saved me some time with the other two. <laughs> okay. Very interesting choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thomas. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, um, I love when George does Bob Dylan. I absolutely love it. I wish he would have done an album of all Bob Dylan covers. Um, he's done plenty of them, whether or not Dylan put them out before or, or never as like, uh, I don't want to do it. I don't think Bob has ever done a version of I don't want to do it. It's never come uh, out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, 
you know, if not for you is 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 a perfect song. Like you like you guys said, I mean, it's just a great. A good song is a good song, no matter who does it. I think this is a good song. I I love the Olivia Newton John version. I just uh -huh. love this song. It's just a really good song. And then yeah, like kind of like the country that the where 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 you know open up yeah. the open up the track. I really love mm. it. And you know when he really emphasizes without you love. You know um you know it's just um. Yeah, he, uh, the vocal I think is is what I really like uh, the most about this this version. And like you said, kid, you, you know, it could be spiritual, it could be romantic, you know, you can you can interpret it in, in a couple different ways. Um, uh, again, another another song that uh, Dylan song that he covered, and this was during the 30th anniversary concert celebration for Bob Dylan, and this was uh, Absolute Sweet Marie from the uh, Blonde on Blonde album. Ooh. If you don't know it, uh, again another really good version. I, I love the Dylan version. I think George does a, a, another stellar uh cover of that song as well on it um again i wish he would have done this he would have covered it on an album um just to give it a little bit more oomph but it's a uh, very exciting performance mm. when he did that yeah. oh i think so i absolutely think so um and he's, having, since, me, he's having so much fun too i love when i used oh, to yeah, see george have fun yeah, yeah. Like he, he looked like he was loosening up by that time i really and he always looks like he's having more fun when he's doing somebody else's song <laughs> yeah. than song. i don't know because i remember i always remember like when he when he came sure. out and did i think he first did if not for you on that tribute mm. and he was a little a little right. stiff a little right. nervous and then by the time he started rollicking into right absolutely sweet marie he really uh was getting right. into it enjoying and it, there's so. a really good i think on the on the concert for bangladesh one of those uh one of the bonus features was was uh a clip of george and and bob doing that's you know if not for you together yeah uh, from the rehearsals was, yeah from the rehearsals thank you Mm. Um, well, since you really can't include my other Dylan song because it wasn't really officially released until after George did it, but I'll go with uh, uh, for my number one, which is again, like Kit said, "Devil Devil in the Deep Blue Sea" is is an excellent is an excellent cover. I love the the opening with the ukulele. I love how you know Jules comes in with the piano, and uh, you know I it's a good um, Smokey Robinson type, well you know you know type. Uh, lyrics i think you know kind of like a, you, you know you really got a hold on me you know you know i want to cross mm. you off my list you know and, and stuff like that i don't like you but i still love you know something like oh, that oh yeah you know Interesting. um so it's it's kind of like a little bit of that flair to it and yeah the band is, is really hot on that album and uh it's yeah just a really smoking version and um one of the yeah when that album came out um, that was like one of the tracks that I was really, really, you know, first listen, it was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is a, a keeper right here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, good one. Wow. Yeah. You've all had such great choices and made some great comments here. Yeah. And, um, you know, many times, Tom, I've said, I wish that George would do an entire Bob Dylan album because he just mm -hmm. seems so right at home with yes, Dylan's material for, for whatever yes. the reason. I don't know why. I remember and he, he really liked Dylan and he promoted like, I remember when he was on that show Rockline in '88, and he was talking about, yeah. uh, like, you know, sticking up for Dylan. You listen to he makes these albums, nobody buys them, man. That's what he said, and he uh, and he was he was playing every grain of sand, right? Mm. Uh huh. Gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in the case of if not for you, you know, he it's it's almost like if you weren't told that was a Dylan song, you might think that George wrote it. It's yeah, not close yeah. to being his style. Yeah, the slide in, in there. Yeah, and um, you talked about Olivia Newton-John there, Tom. Yeah. Uh, she 
really copy George's version. Yeah, yeah she did one more George than yeah. she did Bob. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, she also covered What Is Life. That's right. So she must oh, have been yeah. listening to all things behind that locked door as well. Behind that locked door as well, I believe. Uh, really? At the double check. check. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yep. Good. All right. My top three. <laughs> yep. Here we go. Between the devil and the deep blue sea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it really, I mean, he's so at home doing this stuff. And just like I said, I wish he'd do an entire album of, of Dylan songs. I wish he'd do, he would have done a whole album of covers. Right. Uh, you know, songs from the 30s or 40s or yeah. all Boogie Carmichael songs or in this case, Cab Calloway had it with it. Yes. In 1931. And just to play the ukulele, I would have, you know, he loved the ukulele so much. Yep. I wish he did a whole album on the ukulele. Yeah. You know, I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a great arrangement. Like you said, Jules Holland, his band. I think there's even a tuba in it. Yes. You no, know, it's right. uh it's it's a great a couple of gnomes running around in the video. Yes. <laughs> okay, my second song. Yes, thank you, Joe. <laughs> I saw your face. Uh, you can't play poker. <laughs> no. no, you gave it away. Baltimore Oriole. Yeah, it's it's a great arrangement, and um, I don't think you mentioned the sax in there. The yeah, sax I did. It's so yeah. wonderful. Okay, it opens yeah. up with it and plays throughout. Figures really, really, really helps to make the song as well as, like you said, George's vocals on there, the slide guitar, incredible arrangement. You know, that is a definite highlight right there of Somewhere in England. Yeah. Right. Memorial. Wonderful arrangement overall. Robert didn't um, think so, by the way. My buddy Robert uh, there said, what, what, what funny comment did he make? Oh, uh, yeah. I think back. He said, before. well, I don't know if he should say, <laughs> oh, I lost it. He said, it, it's I don't know, something about it. Yeah, he just has to disagree. It, it thinks as bad as the city. Yeah, it's that's what. Words <laughs> uh-huh. to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. It stinks. It's as bad as the city. City. Uh, okay. Yeah. I disagree with you, Robert. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. And, okay. <laughs> we can agree to disagree. That's yes, right. Yes, we can. And um, my number one pick, although I have to mention, put in an honorable mention too, but uh, I've always just adored True Love. Mm-hmm. The cold there are some votes version. for that in the comments. Yeah, yeah, from 33 and a third. And George's uh, slide guitar work is stellar on that. It really works. I, I kind of felt that it might have made a really good third single mm. from 33 and a third. It really had a commercial appeal to it. Um, yeah. He's such a good interpreter of old songs. I really love the, the arrangements that he brings to songs like these. And the honorable arrangement, and I just thought of this because of what you said, Tom, about how happy George yeah. looks when it's not his own material. Well, sure, exactly. Yeah. But um, <laughs> one of the greatest moments, including the Beatles as a group. Carl Perkins. Carl Perkins. Yes, yeah. indeed. George wow. lit up like a Christmas tree yes, he on, did. That, on that special. And when, that. Um, even though I love when he did Everybody's Trying to Be My Baby, mm-hmm. when they did Your True Love right. with Carl and George and Dave Edmonds, oh my mm. God. Yeah. Man, I mean, that, that's one of the greatest moments ever live Great, yeah. for many that's, of the Beatles. Uh-huh. You know, he's so comfortable and he's so into it and he's so, he, he reveres Carl Perkins so much. It's, yep. it's a wonderful moment. Yep. There's there's that moment in the show where it's just Carl and George and Carl is doing the finger picking and right. he's doing the world is waiting for the sunrise 
the Les Paul song and everything. And George is looking at him like, this is God here. <laughs> How is he playing like that? You know, you know, who am I? I bow right. down to you. You know, yes. we, like we bow to Kit. It's the same yes. thing. <laughs> anyway. No uh. comment. Paul has obviously the most songs, <laughs> the mm-hmm. biggest catalog. So it's it's the toughest yeah, to pick. That was tough. Uh, we saved him for last, and let's go back to Joe. Uh, well, um, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of picks. There were a lot of picks. Um, uh, I went with Love is Strange, wow. first wildlife. I always get Mickey and Sylvia mixed up with Ian and. <laughs> It's Vicky and Sylvia, yeah, right? Sylvia? Yeah. yeah. Did it. But I also like what Linda adds to it, too. You know, she's in there, too, wailing with him on the song. Mm-hmm. And I just enjoy it. I don't have much to say about it. it. It takes a while to get going, but once it once it starts kicking in with the vocals, I really enjoy it. And it, it's it's a highlight for me of uh, the Wildlife album. Yeah. I like a lot of songs up there, surprisingly enough, these days, but that that's a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, next, I went with a song that I was really wondering. It's from uh, Run Devil Run, which I like better than the, uh, I never know how to say it, Choba BCCCP album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little controversial. I said I was here to bring a little edge. I was, I was thinking about Kit a little bit with this one. It's uh, honey, it's honey Hush. And uh, <laughs> Johnny Burnett, uh, you know, not because of that, but I mean, I was gonna say, where are you no, going no, with this? Joe? The, 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 lyrics, <laughs> the lyrics in it are classic misogyny, like you know. Oh, okay, okay, and it's I like, got you uh, but <laughs> I get a kick out of Paul pretty much just going through, like, just going through one of his favorite songs. Uh-huh. Uh, that and there were different versions of it, but uh, I think it's a Johnny Burnett one that uh, Paul really gravitated towards, and uh. He sounds like it's so young. It sounds like the Hamburg Beatles, Paul, on that. Like he could, mm. could have been in Hamburg going through that. But, like, you know, get, you know, come into this house, woman stuff, all that yakety yak and all this. It's cliched. I don't condone any of that. You know, but That's I just okay. get a kick out of Paul. Just, <laughs> he, you're just putting on a, you know, he's putting on a, an act for the song. Yeah. I don't think he would do any of that. But I just get a kick out of Paul saying, I'm, I'm holding a baseball bat, you know, don't, don't, <laughs> I, I know. this kind of stuff. And I picture Paul with a bat. It's like, I, I just love, I love the, mostly it's the energy, you know, yeah. the energy of it and everything and the rocking nature of it. And Paul, like going from, you know, more traditional, I guess, soft granny stuff. Yes, Paul rocks everybody. Paul's a real mm. rocker. I, I said it, but I mean, you know, it's outside the box. So I, I thought it would be interesting to pick that one, and, and it, it is also one of my favorites of the covers. And then it's funny because, as you say, Paul has so many covers, and it's funny that the the next one I picked was also from the same album. Where I, you know I could have went anywhere, but I really love No Other Baby. Yeah. And uh, at first I I thought that was one of the ones he that he'd written for a long time. You know I didn't pay enough attention back in the day, mm. but uh, he didn't. You know, and uh, there was a whole story that I read. That uh, he he didn't know supposedly uh, who recorded it or or had written it, and then he was talking to George Martin, and it turns out that they found out it was the Vipers and George Martin had recorded it. <laughs> recorded right. them. Wow! Uh, yeah. uh, it's 1957, Dickie Bishop and the Sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I loved just loved the pace of it, 
and the sound of Paul's voice as he sings is a little Beatlesque too. The way he sa- he sings "Yo" and all that, nobody but "Yo" and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. Uh, David Gilmour, you know, um, shining on there as he does on other yeah. songs on the album. A simple but effective, you know. I wrote, um, and uh, I didn't realize it's the it's the only single that was released from Run Devil Run, right? I think so. I guess that, you're that, right. Supposedly, I know there's a video of it. I know that. Yeah, there's a video of it for sure. And uh, yeah, there is. Yeah. Try not to cry. Well, that was a radio single, I think. Mm-hmm. Strictly for radio, I think. I don't think that was a commercial release. I have to double check. And there's so many others. I mean, you know, you, you know, I could even talk about some some things from uh, Unplugged, even if I wanted to go live. I mean, there's a lot of things I could. Sure. Like, yeah. Those are the ones lots. I went with. Okay. Let's go to Tom. Okay. Well, yeah, just uh, treasure trove, cornucopia, whatever you want to say. Just, I mean, there's just so many great <laughs> covers. Orgasm. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was having one earlier while I was doing these picks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is your fault. Don't forget. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, just... The last two weeks, I mean, I was just like, what do I pick? I love so many of them, you know, I know. And, um, I'll start off with uh, with this one right here. Um, this is from uh, Good Rockin' Tonight, The Legacy of Soul oh, Records. Yes. Now, Paul does That's All Right, the Elvis Presley song. Now, he did this song as well on the Russian album. Hmm. However, that one, that doesn't have Scotty Moore on it. This one does, and Scotty Moore kicks ass on this track. Uh-huh. And and plus, and you know what I also don't really care for on the Russian album version is his vocals are kind of like echoey. Um, if you listen to that uh, version, this one, I mean, is just really rip rocking, uh, you know, rock and roll on this '50s rock and roll, and you know the the the, the guitar playing and and the drumming. It's just too bad he didn't have uh, Black's uh, double bass uh, there. Too bad he didn't really learn how to play that, or else it would have been, you know, perfect to see him playing the, uh, you know, the stand-up bass uh, on this track, because there is a little video. I guess there was a DVD with, like, a deluxe version or something like that that came with this, but um, uh, there is a video on YouTube that you can see them performing uh, this song, Uh, so check that out. Uh, It's all right. It's all right. Uh, Or otherwise known as It's All Right, Mama. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Thank you. That's all right. So And, uh, and, and, and. Very important. Yeah. DJ Fontana DJ plays drums Fontana. on it. Yes, that is you right. You mentioned Scotty Whoa. Moore, but you yeah, didn't mention, you mention him. DJ, yeah, so, um, you know, the two original members that played on the song, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, so, and yeah. they're both gone now. So they're it makes gone, that even more precious, that right. recording. Amazing. Um, yep. Where do I go? Um, this could have <laughs> been my number one. Uh, it, it might still be my number one, but... Um, the album is called Brand New Pants and Bo- uh, Boots and Panties. Mm. Uh, tribute to Ian Dury. Uh, I'm partial to your abracadabra. Now, you can listen to um, Ian Dury's version on YouTube, or unless you, if you have that album or whatever, you can listen to it. And it's it's not as ballsy as Paul's version. He really, bought, he really brought some oomph to the song, in my opinion. And again, his vocal on it is just killer. Uh, released in 2001, I mean, Paul's vocals were still really, really powerful then. He could still do, uh, you know, rockers really strong. And, and um, 
<clears throat> he really nailed this uh, this version. I liked how, yeah. like I said, he really sped it, the song up a little bit, and uh, the vocals are are terrific. Um, what do I do for number one? Uh, you know, Joe, you, I got, I, I, I think I have to go with No Other Baby as well uh, as my number one. It's, um, you know, it's really, really nice song. I mean, I believe it, uh, I read that this was also Linda's uh, favorite song. Um, um, I, I got to go back and, and, and check, but you can uh, tell. I mean, I, I, you listen to it, you listen to it on headphones or whatever, and you just listen to his vocals. And, you know, obviously this album, it was dedicated to Linda. Um, and you just f feel like it's really heartfelt to, you know, he's really dedicating this song to Linda, uh, in my opinion. And um, just, a, you know, a good vocal. And like I said, it is a more of a mellow, um, you know, uh, arrangement. It's not really, you know, special, but I think it's really is, you know, Paul's vocals that make this track. And especially towards the end where he's really going, you know, no other, you know, where he's really singing, I don't want yeah. no other baby. He's really, you know, letting it, it's uh, letting it rip a little bit more. Yeah, he is. Yeah, his vocals are getting a little more intense. Yeah, so um, yeah, but it's just so many. I mean, tomorrow it could be it could be heal the pain. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just so many, so many great covers that that Paul has done. You know, Room with a View was another cover of mm. his that that he does that I really. I mean, just oh, man. Okay, I don't know, I'll shut up now. But uh, <laughs> you know, just some great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. You know what makes it even more difficult is that Paul has done so many of these one-off things. Right. Yes. You know, where it's one song on an album. Another one that I really or, like. It's yeah. uh, when you got yeah. want to walk you home. Yeah. I'll tell you, some of the a couple of these I didn't know really right off the bat that you mentioned it, Tom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So. Yeah, but Paul's made so many contributions to other albums yes. and and uh compilations and these yes. it's just one song somewhere yes. and it's not on his albums and nope. you gotta collect all that stuff yeah so there's uh, another uh two disc elvis set that he does a song on too as well he does, it's now whenever he does it's now yeah i think it's that one uh, uh the, yeah. last the last temptation of elvis, last temptation yeah. Of yep. elvis. yes yeah. yeah that's another uh decent that, that sounds a lot like elvis i think on the mm -hmm. elvis version but if I can yeah. if I can just talk real quick about my least favorite that I just feel like like I said I I I don't mind when they I can't find the CD right now maybe I put it away but um you know I I said before that I don't mind if they take liberties you know or making it their own but I thought this one was he just kind of overdid it a little bit and this was for the uh, the Ravon the the tribute to uh, Buddy Holly that you know MPL it's it's so easy I think his version yeah. of that was just a little over the top, you know I, I think he just kind of you know I still listen to it you know it's on my iPod and when it comes on I'll still play it but I just think he just went a little bit over the top with that one. Yeah, I agree. agree. I was disappointed yeah. in that one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, there are live versions of that I've heard him. He's done at some show. I don't mean on tour. Right, but little gigs. I think I've seen him do that at Buddy Holly. But when when he's done that live, it's pretty close to the original. Mm. He doesn't go off, yeah, right. on it. And there's that version there that's like five, six minutes long. Right. It's yeah. like when is it going to end? <laughs> <laughs> and you got the like, false please. ending, and then he goes into this little rant, you know. And then you're he, like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> king of all false endings. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Song yeah. So okay, kid. You're well, the next victim. All right. Well, <laughs> well, as you said, I mean, this is so hard to narrow down. And and as you said, Tom, if you ask me tomorrow, I could give you, you know, different answers. But but for now, um, so this I chose uh, one cut from the Russian album, um, 20 Flight Rock. 
Um, Now, I know he's talked about this song a lot, but this was the first time that it was officially released. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I remember how excited I was when when it was first officially released, because, you know, he would he would talk about it and would play little bits of it, you know, in interviews or something Mm -hmm. up until this point. And so I was so excited when it was finally officially released. And I think, you know, he did a, a, you know, it did it justice. I mean, you know, I like the echo on his voice. You know, he's got a little Elvis thing going here, mm-hmm. even though it was Eddie Cochran, of course, um, right. who recorded it. But, um, you know, I like the echo on the voice and uh, on his voice. And he, you know, of course, is an incredible, incredible voice. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just think uh, the band was, was in uh, perfect form. He sounds like he's having a ball uh recording it and i just think it's so important that he finally you know for its historic yeah. importance it is it is important yeah that yeah. he finally got it on you know i almost said on right. tape that's how old i am <laughs> on uh, <laughs> well it was on tape <laughs> on yeah oh well, yeah i guess back then it was yeah it was on tape you know on cd or whatever uh and so uh, yeah so i i chose that i i thought as i as i said i was just so excited uh number two i'm partial to your abracadabra uh i chose that as mm. well i thought uh yeah he he killed that um yeah. you know his voice was just incredible i have to defend ian uh Indury's version a bit okay. though i i yeah. do because i i know some of his other stuff that's kind of his delivery he's kind mm. of this it's very um kind of sarcastic uh you know mm-hmm. sort of dry that's that's sort of his delivery so i kind of like and the blockheads is his right. uh, yeah they were really good uh so i like that version too but paul took it in a, in a new yeah. direction I mean, he made it his own, as we've been talking about, which is a great thing to do uh, with with covers. And he certainly did. Um, Yeah, he just rips into this. And and, uh, I I agree. I mean, I, I thought this was one of his best covers. So you've you've talked about that quite a bit. So I'm not going to get into that. Uh, But number one is from Run Devil Run, but a different one, um, which is uh, uh, Party. Oh, Oh, wow. wow. Interesting. I I remember first getting this album the, the day it came out. And when I put this on and this song came blaring over the speakers, mm. I mean, I was just blown away because, you know, of course, this was not long after Linda died. It was just a couple of years after, the, <sighs> you know, a few years after. Uh, no, I guess a couple of years after that, that this came out. What, it was really it was just one right 99 right Didn't you? right yeah, yeah. 99. That's, right. Came out 99. Just, yep. that's right it was like so it was just a year so right. you know and when that came out i just thought wow i mean he is really i mean you know he obviously took the year off to grieve and and mm-hmm. when this came out i just thought my god i mean this is he is you know he's rested and he's in these like renewed he's he's getting you know he's rested and he's getting ready for the next stage of his life and i thought man the next album that comes out after this he is yeah. going to be on fire yeah and that was dri- a good, good version and then driving rank and then driving but you know i do i love elvis's version of party that's um, great too yep. and, but. Uh, but 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 the energy i mean paul is really like wow he, he really uh puts it on heavy and, but he does that with a, with a couple of Elvis songs on that album I yes think does he do all shook up on there also yes he does and yes. I got stung 
and I got they're strong. Both. That's great. And too. they're really up. They're really like off the charts. Up to I mean, I mean, yeah. I just remember that. I think I even out loud when when this came over the speaker said, "Whoa!" I mean, it was just he was yeah. just coming charging out. Um, interestingly, this version actually is closer to the Wanda Jackson version. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you listen to that, the, the queen of rockabilly, even the vocals are much closer to hers than, than to oh, Elvis's. Okay. Yeah, right. check that out. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can look it up. Uh, fascinating, because it's, yes. it's really, it's closer to her version, uh, even though he talks more about, it talks more about the Elvis version and yeah. the liner notes sure. of that album. It's fascinating. Yeah, um, so... Does, uh, she does Run Double Run for the Art of McCartney uh, tribute album. Oh, no kidding. Oh, I've, got, I've been meaning to pick up that album. I've got to do that. But that just blew me away. And it's so, I mean, I hadn't listened to it for a little while. And when I was listening in preparation to this show, I mean, still, whenever I turn this on, I just think, you know, wow. <laughs> it was just... Yeah. Just showed he hadn't lost any well, energy whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. well, and the, the back, I mean, his band too. Was I was going to say, that. yeah, David, yeah, good, good musicianship on there, and then a lot of energy, and uh, mm-hmm. he's probably letting off a lot, a lot of you know grief too. I think. Yeah, good you know, point. Trying to, you know, just let it all out. Exactly. You know, the '50s rockers hold such an important place in the Beatles' lives. I mean, it's part of their DNA. Yep. And you know that every single time before Paul does a concert and he does rehearsals, yeah. you know, some of them are 50s rock and roll songs. Mm-hmm. It seems like he, he relies on them a lot to get his juices flowing and to get him fired up. And uh, there's such a contrast between the Russian album and Run Devil Run. And oh, I, yeah. I love the contrast. You yeah, know, me it's too. Like it's, you know, it's two different bands. And, yeah. right. you know, uh, but his vocals are just so amazing on Run Devil Run, oh, all great. throughout, and and what a range, you know, Lonesome Town, like yeah, oh, yeah, that's really high one. vocals on there. Blue yeah. Gene so, Pop um, is another one that I think is really great on that. That's a real solid yeah. album. That's 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 a really good album. You you could yeah. basically close your eyes and point at any track on that album. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I mean, really, it's that good. Yeah, I mean, one of you guys said this, but yeah, he did do a concert at the cavern and it's almost yeah. like listening to the old paul at the cavern yeah, yeah. To run, double run yeah. it really is his vocals were that good it's the best compliment we can give in a way yeah mm-hmm. yep for sure all right my choices and uh i wish i had a top 10 for paul yeah, yeah. You know, no at kidding. least but yep. um i'm just gonna say quickly though they're not in my top three definitely i'm glad that you all mentioned i'm partial to your abracadabra that was a fantastic version of that song and heal the pain and um paul and george michael sounded so good together it's another example of you know i love all these one-offs but when they're that good do more i wish he did more with george michael exactly he did live but not in the studio anyway so my top three i had to put the live recording of lucille Oh, the concert for Cappuccia, yeah. which got a lot of airplay on MTV. And I love Paul's screaming voice in it. I love that arrangement, the Rochester lineup, the brass, mm. everything. To me, that's like the definitive version of Lucille. I mm. love that. It's great. That, that is great. Although Pete Townsend steals the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm just maybe I'm just, to you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm I know. I know. I know. Um, and uh Number two, I also put Love is Strange in there. 
Love is Strange has always, I've had a soft spot for that recording of it. it. When Wildlife came out around that time, that was the one song I loved the most, although now I love just about the whole album. But the arrangement is so unique on Love is Strange. It is like a reggae version. And I love the fact that there are certain songs where you have very long introductions before you get to the vocals. You know, like Papa was a yeah. Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. When is it going to come? Right. <laughs> you're waiting, yeah. and you're waiting, and you're waiting. And um, and I love the harmonies, like one of you said with Paul and yeah. Linda on there. It's very lush. I love when his songs end with those with with all those harmonies. You know, so strong, kind of like he does with um, you know, like Average Person or a song like that. I like when when there's a lot of harmony work done on the song and and um, very very different arrangement. And nothing like Mickey and Sylvia. <laughs> you know? That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And for a long time, you know, Paul rarely did covers. Almost all of his albums are right. his own originals or members of Wings, you know. But until you get to the Russian album, you know, and the ones that we're mentioning and Run Devil Run, you know, mm-hmm. so much of his stuff still, this massive body of work, but most of it are his own songs. And so Love is Strange was kind of unique for, for a long time. It was a song you didn't write. <laughs> so, um, but I, I really did like that particular arrangement. My number one choice was one that I didn't even have to think about. And um, apart from sounding so, so much like Little Richard when, when he needed to, he was just as easily at home doing Elvis Presley's music. Mm-hmm. And his recording of Just Because from the Russian album is amazing Mm. it's so much fun the band is rocking you know um i love the uh the guitar i know the 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 piano playing from mick gallagher on it um and it just feels like you know paul do the whole sun sessions album (laughs) (laughs) you know when he when he's great when he did unplugged and he did good rocking tonight and he was so at home doing that do just because well also you know it's all the same you know the same style and it fits him so perfectly and uh yeah that would have to be my favorite mm. and there's so many he's done that are great but when you don't even have to think about it right ever since just because ever since i've had the russian album it's like you can't top that that's mm. just my opinion anyway so right these were all right. you know great choices okay. you want to read a few from our from our listeners maybe kit if you can. uh let's see um uh tony uh DeMeo agrees with you ken i love john's version of just because uh no, paul's version or i'm i'm sorry yeah. paul's version yeah. oh, oh, I, oh no i'm sorry he said he loves john's version of just because yeah. so no he likes that better it's uh, it's two different songs two different songs oh okay oh okay sorry about yeah john's that. john's song is a lloyd price hit Oh, okay. And actually, until uh, Dave Morell, until we talked to Dave Morell, mm-hmm. he asked Dave to get Larry Williams' version of Just Because. Oh, that's right. Even though Lloyd Price had the hit with it. Mm, and and right. Larry Williams' version was kind of close to yep. Lloyd Price. Okay. Oh, Tony said he loves both. Okay. So okay. <laughs> both, right. both different songs. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Richard. Uh, Kotwicka, uh, slipping and sliding, John slipping and sliding. I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. Um, oh, uh, Richard also said, don't get around much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Very I cool. like that too. 
Uh, Richard also said, I'll take the Russian album over Run Devil Run any day of the week and twice oh. on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I read that. I was hoping nobody would. Interesting. Uh, okay. It's two different feels. It really is. Yeah, you know? they are. They're, they're, they're very different. Um, and I apologize. I'm sure I'm massacring some uh, some names here. Sergey uh, Echeverry says, cracking up. I forgot yeah. about that one. That's a good one. There's reggae. Uh, for you, you know. Yeah, Sergey, yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tom Green. Oh, my buddy Tom. I like any of Paul's versions of Buddy Holly's songs. Well, except we we it's so easy. <laughs> where there's some disagreement there. As, as uh, let's see. Um, uh, Joanne Grubbs that uh, Paul doing Lonesome Town breaks my heart. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's for sure. I I agree. Uh, let's see. Uh, Steve Sanderson, tragedy. Not the Bee Gees yes. song. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tom Brennan, our good friend Tom, um, for uh, for Paul. Tragedy, don't get around much anymore, and Lonesome Town. Mm. I'm glad to hear Tragedy being mentioned. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know why that was held off, Well, you know, the Red Rose Speedway album or, you know, because mm -hmm. that was bootlegged for a long time as part of Cold yes. Cuts, and I, it was always a favorite of mine. It's mm -hmm. so cool, that arrangement, because you got a sitar in there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, very uh, different. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Sergey also says "Fabulous" by Paul. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a Forgot good about that one. Yeah, yeah run double that's run. A, absolutely, that's yep. a bonus cut. Yep. on the CD single. Uh, yep. Susan, uh, Susan uh, Gagney says, "I love uh, Paul's rendition of All Things Must Pass' from the concert." Oh yeah, I mean, oh, you know, I, I yeah, oh. I was, when I was when I was well, live, blue, earlier I didn't even think today, of that. Yeah, yeah. When I was live earlier today. I we talked about that for a second, and I mean, how can you forget about his cover of something? And you know, All Things Must Pass. Susan yeah. also mm. mentioned All My Trials. I'm noticing mm -hmm. that that one I love a lot. Oh yeah, All My, all trials. my trials. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, there's so many. You know, a lot of good ones coming out here. <laughs> a lot of good ones people are mentioning here. Uh, I wanted to steer away from their covering Beatles songs, even mm -hmm. if it wasn't their own, you know. Yeah, I was trying to, too. But but I mean, you know, that's the truth. Uh, Jeff Kendall, I don't know if I read this already. I hope I didn't. Um, also said true love. Um, George Glor yep. and gl glory of love. The glory yep. of love. Oh, yeah. Oh. Kisses oh. on the bottom. I actually had accentuate the positive. positive. I think oh, that's, yeah. one the ones, on mine. that's one of the better ones on uh, kisses. I yeah, think. I think so. You know, I like live. I like live kisses better than the album. I think the live. Yeah, that's was. good. Yeah, live kisses is good. One of his better concert uh, films, mm -hmm. I think. And his voice was really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I like just it as close, almost like the album. Oh. Uh, let's see. Our buddy Mark P says, "I really uh, for George. I really love you." Mm. And uh, Hong Kong Blues. I almost, I almost uh, put that. Okay. I, that that came close. Mm. Yeah, Hong Kong Blues is really this is interesting. So yeah, there's um, uh, huh. Matthew Smith does George's cover of the Chiffons Count. Ha 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 wow. ha ha ha. As, as he often used to say, bah. <laughs> uh, let's see oh steve uh, sanderson agrees with you on stardust ken all right so. thank you steve got someone in my corner check is in the mail <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of great uh oh uh, dara dara roberts hi dara, hi, dara. Good to see you. uh you're 16 
Yeah, it's, yep. it's, it's, it, it came close on my list, too. And Singing yeah. the Blues is on here, too. That's a Robert, one. Robert Henry, uh, one person. A couple yep. of people said Singing the Blues. Yep. Uh, uh, Beetle Ed said, When You Wish Upon a Star. Ringo covered that? Yeah. What was yes. that on? It's a yeah. compilation called Stay Awake. Oh, that's various, right. It was uh, various artists all doing Disney songs. You know, Ringo, I, so... Ringo would make a perfect Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Nobody picked you know, PS Love. No one picked PS Love Me Do. Oh, no. <laughs> you know who played on um, uh, When You Wish me. Upon a Star? Hmm. Herb oh. Albert. Oh, you played, He did the trumpet solo in there. Oh, I'll yep. be darned. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. All right, Herb. For that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a big upload. I still wish I could see him live. <laughs> I've seen him a few times. He's great. Really? Oh. Yeah, I'd see him. Hall, yeah. With That'd his wife, cool. Lanny Hall. Great. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Oh, so man. great this stuff. This has been really interesting. It I has. love all the comments yeah. here. Yeah. The choices right. from, yeah. Somebody wrote You Belong to Me here, too, Ringo. Uh, right? You, you Belong to Me. Drift Away yep. by Ringo. Yeah. Rock Drift Online. Rock Online. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Think Tony. It Over, Buddy Holly. Think It Over. <laughs> Think It Over I liked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you go, on, go on forever with this. Boy, I mean, yeah, this has been a great topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. wow. So, well, keep, keep them coming, guys. Give us <laughs> some great comments. Mm, cool. All right. So as we wrap things up, why don't we uh, each uh, give our viewers contact information and tell us uh, what we're all doing. I'll save time for last because he'll go on, you know, for <laughs> two days. Uh, Joe, how about you? <laughs> I actually have I actually have something to, to, to say this time. Yes. Besides the fact that uh, my channel is, of course, on YouTube, Mean Mr. Mayo, and you can always comment on there and talk on, on there. But I learned, uh, dabbled in, in StreamYard this morning for the first time. Mm. So I have this little Brady Bunch thing ability now. Therefore, I'm going to do a show. When I, when I say show, I don't mean like a whole website or anything with a whole show. I mean on my Mean Mr. Mayo channel, I'm going to do something. I was thinking of a title for it for hours today. And when you ever try to think of like a good title and after a while, you have to go away from it for a while. Right. Finally decided to call it Beetlespeak, I think. It's, it's basically to have, I'm going to have people on. Anytime I'm not on by myself. Um, it, it'll have one other person or two, or three. Right now, I'm doing uh, ranking the albums. I got that idea. I got to give credit where it's due. I got that idea really from the two legs that Tom Hanyadi does with Andy Nichols. Uh, they're doing they're ranking Paul McCartney albums, and I'm gonna go. We started with with Please Please Me to McCartney three over a period of I guess a year, a couple Five of years, years. <laughs> or whatever it's gonna be <laughs> until um, the end of your life. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And I, I thought I was going to, I'm doing it live, but the, the surprise is going to be that I'm going to have a couple of guests that are going to be on. I'm not going to reveal who they are. And I, I'll probably be doing some interviews with people here and there. So maybe you three here and there, if you like, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like my own show in addition to my channel. It's going to be, it's going to be on my channel, just videos that'll be called Beetlespeak, I'll call it, or something else. I was going to call it Beetlebop. Nice. 
I had all kinds of names. But I don't know what to call it. Uh, adding adding a little meat to that mayo on the yeah. channel. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, that's, 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 what I like that. that's exactly what I need. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's going to be a little bit more involved. And that's just for when I'm not on my on my show myself doing my own thing. I'm going to be having guests on, co-hosts, whatever you want to call it. And Great. Talk about Beatle topics and things. Yeah. That's I got to get on there and do my ranking of please, please me still. <laughs> Yep. Not easy. When all no, the songs we, are great, no. it's not yeah. easy. That is hard. We should yeah. do a show. We should do a show, you and I, Joe, just on Baltimore Oriole. <laughs> I think so. We can. We can. Hopefully, <laughs> other people or, or will be watching. Winners. I don't know. Or the honeymooners. The honeymooners yes. yeah. Yeah. Oh, the honeymooners. Well, this is the thing, too. I'm going to be doing my movie and TV stuff, too. We, I can do that. Mm. We, I won't call it Beatles Speak, but we'll do. Mm. I'm going to do movie Ralph and TV speaks. shows. Let's yes. have a honeymooners <laughs> trivia show. We'll, we'll there have, you go. Uh, yeah. right. We'll have all kinds of things. Yep. What does okay. this call it? What? Beetle? Uh, when somebody just said. Oh, Beetlegasm. Call it Beetlegasm. Beetlegasm. Oh, that's what Rob, Robert Henry, a.k.a. Robert S. says. Yep. I'm starting kid, a trend. Kid, <laughs> you are in trouble. But you started here. All right. Uh, I should know better, but Tom, you're next. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Two Legs. Yes, very busy. Uh, emails at twolegspodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Two Legs Podcast. Now, uh, as you, as you guys know, we're doing two shows a week uh, these days. I don't know how. Don't ask me. But uh, Wednesday nights, we're doing Ranking the Tracks. This week, it is pipes of peace um we're going to be ranking this one and uh, yeah can't wait to do that i got my ranking all ready to go and should be pretty interesting uh this saturday for our regular show we post our regular shows on saturdays and it'll be kind of like our valentine edition show so we're going to be talking about kisses on the bottom doing a little have a little a little you know romantic show or whatever you want to say we'll get a glass of wine we'll talk about uh, kisses on the bottom i don't know but we'll have fun with that uh last week we or two weeks ago we had a great time talking with gabe dixon who was the keyboard player from for the driving rain session and man what a great guest he was and he really put something in perspective that I was really you know glad he did because I was kind of like going in that direction but he just brought it up out of the blue and he just talked about how he could tell in those, during those sessions that Paul was going through a, a, a you know a change of you know the transitional phase of his career you know after losing you know Linda and you know now in this new romance and with, with Heather and just going in this whole different I mean what do you do phase you know what I'm saying you know you lost your kind of like your your, your backup singer in a way your 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 you know your muse if you will or whatever I mean still writing songs about Linda obviously but um, you know just a great great thought on that you know just a way different way to look at next time you listen to driving rain where you know just got to remember that paul you know he, he's going through a little bit of a you know excuses excuses yeah. excuses well, <laughs> you know what sometimes that happens when you when you realize the story of an album it changes your perspective on it like wildlife for a matter of like and you know yeah, they fun, like, yeah. yeah exactly i know what you <laughs> i know you're just goofing but uh but it was really interesting chat and uh that's up now so you can uh check us check that out and i just wanted to also give a special thank you i'm sure he's watching uh our our, our buddy ethan alexanian i really appreciate uh, you taking the time and doing our thumbnails uh for that uh ranking the track series you're doing a great job and and he's messing around with some other stuff as well uh, that we'll probably be displaying soon. So, uh, Ethan, 
Right on, brother. Awesome job on those okay. thumbnails. I do like yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Very <clears throat> talented. Okay, very cool. Yes. And I saw the the show, Tom, with Gabe. Oh, very thank good. You. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Very nice, you know. Yeah. And you get to learn a little bit about his history before yeah, Paul, absolutely. after Paul. He's got a new that, album coming out. Yeah, so. I find that the the musicians like when you just don't talk Paul. You know, obviously, you know, oh, you, I want, know. you know, you want to talk a little bit about their you know history before and after Paul as well. So, um, you know, we we like doing that. So. Mm -hmm. They do have an identity beyond exactly working exactly. with a beetle, but right. um, you know, it's it's a tough thing to deal with for anyone that has worked with any of the Beatles because you know mm -hmm. that for some people in this world, that's all they care about sometimes. Right. And then but, to, uh, uh, and then to tell him no for a tour and playing the Super Bowl, you know, it was pretty interesting because you know he wants to make his own identity, you know. Right. So, so that tough was choice. I really ex yeah, really ex uh, respected him for for that decision, you know. He wasn't the only one. No. No, Hugh McCracken. Yeah, that's right. think about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, yeah. when uh, him and um, uh, Denny went to, uh, yeah, flew out to, uh, right? for. No, no, no. I'm talking oh, about no, he no. was offered to join Wings. To wings, right. Down. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, you know, Hugh McCracken is one of the, the greatest, well, he passed away, but right. one of the greatest session guitarists. Mm -hmm. And he loved that life. Yeah. He lived in New York. He lived and breathed being a session player. Yeah. He was very settled. He didn't want to travel all over the world in a rock and roll band. Right. And Paul asked him, you know, because he was on the Ram album, would That's you like right. to be a part of Ram? Band. And yeah. he actually said no. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think, uh, I think Paul was shocked. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but right. yeah, I mean, this is the life that he wanted all along and mm. he stuck with it. Mm. And he still had a great career. And, yeah. uh, so much great work he's done in the studio, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, let's move on to Kit. All right. Well, I've been uh, super busy with this Motown class. So, mm -hmm. um, and uh, last uh, last session is uh, this Thursday. So once uh, once I'm done with that, I'll be getting back to doing my my writing and other things. But uh, but it has been just uh, just so so fun uh doing this class so i'm hoping uh to be doing more in in the future so i will definitely let you guys know um if uh, more classes will be uh in the in the offing uh in the future but it has just been so so fun um but uh but i'm uh, going to be and i'll i'll mention this in the, the probably next couple of shows i think uh, before I do this, I'll be back on the Tuesday night uh, record club uh, with Ken Womack. Uh, they do that out of uh, Monmouth University. And I'm going to be talking about uh, the police's album, uh, Zenyatta Mandata, which I am oh, cool. so excited about. Um, I, I love the police, you know, since um, I was, a, you know, probably a preteen. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm really excited. And that's March 9th. Uh, at 7:30 East uh, p.m. Eastern, and I'll I'll be mentioning that uh, you know as more as the time grows closer. So really excited about that. Um, and uh, so as I said, once I'm done with this class, uh, then I'll be getting back to doing more writing and being on podcasts and things like that. So, uh, but as always, you can follow me on Facebook. 
um, on Twitter, on my, my uh, website, kiddotool.com. You can also follow us on uh, talkmoretalk.com. You can follow us on Twitter um, at talkmoretalk1. That's number one. You can email us um, at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. We love getting your suggestions, right. yeah. um, your feedback. Um, you know, we love hearing from you. Um, and of course, uh, you can visit us on Facebook. You're, you're here right now if you're watching us, but you can also, um, you know, we are always posting stuff on uh, news and stuff about what we're doing. Um, and um, I think that's, I think that's mm -hmm. everything. So you can, uh, you can find us. Oh, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's right. Don't yes. forget that. We're at, <laughs> what, over 900 now? Over yep, 900, yep. Okay, we're almost to a thousand guys. Yeah. So, so tell everybody you know, subscribe to our channel. And, uh, and of course, you can find the audio version of this podcast on or this video cast on virtually any podcasting platform you can think of, um, all the major ones and everything. So, subscribe to that while you're at it as well. We are everywhere. Everywhere. You can't we're get taking away. over. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yep, I like that too. All around, all oh, around. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of a close to a thousand subscribers. Yes. Oh wow, what a perfect segue. Thank mm. you, Tom. Uh, last I checked, nine hundred ninety-seven for things. Still he said there. Today. I just, I yeah. just looked. Yeah. Please, I just look. Anyone yep. watching? Please yep. get us to a thousand tonight. Yeah. I'll be a very happy guy if you do. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I know some Beatle fans are also Bee Gees fans. So on my website, I've uh, I've started this special contest for this guy right here. Ah. Barry Gibb um, has teamed up with a lot of country artists, and he's done really? duets with them doing BG songs. And um, this particular compilation called Greenfields, that's one of their early songs. It's actually called Greenfields, the Gibb Brothers Songbook, Volume 1. This mm. debuted at number one in the UK. Okay, right. Very happy for Barry that that happened. And um, so he's teaming up with current country artists like Keith Urban, uh, Jason Isbell, Little Big Town, and mm. also with veterans like Dolly Parton and Olivia mm. Newton-John. Ah. And so they're all BG songs on here. I'm giving them away on my website in a special contest. Just go to the homepage. Mm. All the details are right there. Okay. Got to be careful with that volume one tagline because we all we all remember a volume <laughs> one uh, right here that uh, you know. No, it's one yeah. time I know or we I got could... volume one and then we jumped ahead to volume three. That's <laughs> true. So. I was just going to say that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> also, my YouTube channel. Without going into detail, <laughs> the word Ajita comes to mind, but uh, the last two weeks. I've had so much difficulty uploading this one video. I did an interview with Al Sussman, which thankfully a few days ago went up. It's just about two hours long. It's all about the Beatles afterlife, all the releases since their breakup, what were the most successful, what weren't, what were the most significant releases, how have the Beatles endured as a group, that is, all right. these years. Are they as popular as they once were? Are they more popular now? How do you gauge that? We talk about all those things and it's all on my uh, YouTube page, which is Ken Michaels Radio. Check it out. So um, don't get confused. The website is KenMichaelsRadio.com. The YouTube page is Ken Michaels Radio. If you can, please subscribe to that. Um, next week, things we said today, we're hoping to have David Bedford on as a special guest. He has a brand new book 
Uh, he's just released called The Country of Liverpool, which is all about um, country music in the city of Liverpool, how important that genre of music has always been, and carrying that into the Beatles and how they were influenced by country music and the kind of country songs that they released, group and solo. Mm. I'm sure he goes into the rockabilly stuff as well, you know, and so David will be our guest next week. That'll be posted probably around Thursday or Friday because we're recording right. next Wednesday. Cool. A week from Wednesday. So we all we got all that going on. Really and, good uh, uh, topic this past week with the, the older Beatles versus the newer Beatles, you know what I mean, with the older music as opposed Did to you the, listen to it? Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a topic that's always been very important to me because I did it yeah. like over right. 10 years ago in my first mm -hmm. podcast show mm -hmm. called Fab Forum. And it basically concerns um, if you look at the charts as I do, and you all know how much I look mm -hmm. at the charts and I'm a chart buff, but um, anytime there's a resurgence of interest in the Beatles, especially when there's a new release that's out, older albums reappear on the charts. But it's always right. Sgt. Pepper or the White Album or Abbey Road. You'll right. never see anything pre-1967 on the charts. And why is that? Mm -hmm. With the exception of the Beatles one, which has the early stuff, that's the only representation of early Beatles music. Right. Why is it you never hear anything before Sgt. Pepper making it on the charts anymore? Mm -hmm. Of course, that's the Billboard charts. That's one survey. It's also, it's very important. You look at Spotify and you look at streams and you'll right. get, you'll probably get some early songs like Yesterday in there and I Want to Hold Your Hand. But in terms of sales and what's on the Billboard charts, you know, I always, uh, it's something that's bothered me. It was that way 10 years ago. It's been that way for a long time. You never see the earlier stuff. And why is that? And we well, talk about that on the show. I would think yeah. more young, I would think more younger people gravitate to more to the later stuff. I mean, I love, I personally, I love the earlier stuff, but well, I mean, the difference between Love Me Do and Tomorrow Never Knows kind of thing. Uh-huh. You know, or I don't know, uh, Sergeant Pepper and, you know, Sounds for me like to you. But I mean, I love the, I prefer the early stuff if I had to pick. I, I don't want to have to pick though. You know, well, the, the, the later music, it sounds more mature in a way, mm -hmm. you know, than those earlier records. And I, that's more one of the reasons why I, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I gravitate towards more towards the, you know, well, I'll start with Revolver and to, to let it be, you know, myself. But yeah, uh -huh. I just like how they matured by that area or by that time, you know, so. Well, you know, I think I made the point, at least for me, the fascination is watching them grow album right. to album. Oh, yeah. And to see there was a, a maturation even early on. Right. There are certain, I mean, If I Fell, <laughs> right. 1964, how brilliant that is. Even earlier songs that right. they were doing were very different and innovative for its time. But, you know, there are some people who look at that early stuff as being dated. And as we've said here a number of times, you know, I don't know why that should even matter, you know. No, it shouldn't but, matter. But, you know, you could even argue that some of the 67 is dated more than 60, 64 in a way. You know, many people yeah. have said Sgt. Pepper is a dated album. Yeah. And yet, why does that make it on the charts? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just a fun topic to talk about, to hear different opinions about it. Yeah. And, you know, you never know when it comes to music because opinions change over time. 10 years from now, people could have a different point of view about the early Beatles music. You just don't know. Yeah. All we ever are talking about is how we feel in the moment. Yep. And uh, things can change when it comes to art. That's so true. it's just 
I love bringing up that topic. It's just mm-hmm. something that's always kind of baffled me. There's just no chart appearance of any Beatles album free 1967 for a long time. That'll change if the box sets come out for those albums. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. We shall see. All right. So this has been absolutely fantastic. Doing yeah, loved topic. it. I want to thank everybody for watching. And uh, as we said, please subscribe to our channel, all of our channels. We're all getting fat with worry. Please, <laughs> if you can. <laughs> That's a John Lennon line. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> thanks so much for watching. And we'll see you in two weeks. We'll see you next time. Okay, everybody. Good night. Good love. See ya. <laughs>